podcast. My name is Jedi Master Dave, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Are you ready to have a big episode? Sure. I mean, it's going to be like, like probably five hours. Like intentionally, <laughs> intentionally long episode this time? <laughs> Not like unintentional, just babble about stuff that no one cares about for an hour? Well, there might be that too, I, I suppose. Oh, we're doing both? Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's going to be long. We don't actually do content on this show. I don't even know what our content is supposed to be. We just talk. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we, we basically write these things, you know. Everything Disney just goes through us. Yeah, we we definitely write before we record. <laughs> no, I, I was I was like alluding to much bigger things like uh, Ryan Johnson. He's He's not even real. It was us all along. We did it. Yeah. You, that was your you, fault, by the way. You dressed up as him, what was it, Monday through Thursday, and then I dressed up <laughs> as him for the weekend. It was pretty sweet. That's right. Conspiracy theory confirmed. Yeah. Confirmed. Yeah. All right, How's well. How's your week, man? Oh, you're, oh, jeez. I asked, yeah. Oh, real early, too. Did you, you, gotta, did you, you gotta, have something else you want to talk about before that? You got you to you lead him on a little bit. You know, you can't just you can't just give it up in the first minute. I mean, let's be honest. Most people probably just skip ahead about thirty minutes in anyway. So, does That's any true. of this really matter? No, probably not. Now, nah, week's been okay. Nah, just working and finding more projects to get into. So, get, get your roof taken care of. No, I bought the uh, you know a package of shingles. And the worst part was that I got to the I got to Lowe's and I looked around. I was like, you know, I didn't really look at my roof to see what color the shingles. <laughs> Is that bad? That like, you don't know that you don't know that off the top of your head. <laughs> well, I mean, not a lot of people do. Well, okay, no. I don't want to speak for people, but I mean, I I don't know. If well, no, everybody... that's what I was doing. Like, I wasn't speaking about you. I just mean, like, is it uh, bad that most people? don't know <laughs> well the thing is i knew they weren't like jet black but that could just be due to aging so mm-hmm. <laughs> i i called up Can like you... google earth yeah real quick i was like well that's nice and blurry but it looks sort of like this color so <laughs> there might be it, it it's like two little pieces of shingle that just you know flew off during i guess wind or something don't know where they went which is kind of odd normally when they knock off you generally find them somewhere Mm-hmm. Um, get a little sealant and away you go. But now I couldn't even find them. Uh, Maybe so yeah, someone I had stole to, them. Oh, I'm sure that's a high <laughs> value target right there. Shingles. It's the next <laughs> copper pipe. Oh man. Yep. So I have them. I, you know, I will uh, probably do that tomorrow maybe. And uh, we'll see. Should be lots of fun. Yeah. Maybe it'll rain all day. It'd be fun. <laughs> Well, then it's not getting done tomorrow. <laughs> if it is, I don't know. I thought it was supposed to be pretty clear around here. And we've been experiencing some hot weather, too. Yeah, it almost hit 90 here yesterday. It was not mm-hmm. fun. When it spikes from 60, that kind of makes you feel a little weak. Like, just can't handle extreme weather. We're, I'm sure fairly used to it, but that spike is always rough. <laughs> well, I mean, if if it were just, you know, me, I... You know, I prefer temperate, like not too hot, not too cold. 
I can deal with like cold, okay? 70s. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. Just 70s all the time. 70s year-round with moderate rain year-round and not a lot of snow. Hmm. Yeah, maybe we should talk to Al Gore and see exactly how we just get to a worldwide 70 degrees. I, I imagine well, that would probably require some pretty bad stuff, though. Even if he could figure that out, I don't think it would affect Ohio. <laughs> I think Ohio is immune to that. <laughs> yeah, we certainly do have our weird, weird stuff going on here. So anyway, how was your week then? Not bad. Working a ton of hours, shopping around for houses. This is my birthday this week. Got to yep. hang out with you and a few other people yesterday. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit of camping gear. Appreciated that. My little, my little thermos. A little light for oh. us. <laughs> yeah, the, the the VSSL or Vessel. Yeah, they're kind of. They, they, it's an interesting company. Yeah, I figured you'd you'd enjoy that a little bit. Finally, getting a little bit more into Stardew Valley, but I don't think I'm playing it right. I've been literally doing nothing but fishing for the past two days. And when I say the past a- two days, I put like. 20, 30 minutes into it in the morning before I go to work. <laughs> I don't think there's a right or wrong way to play that game. Well, I've kind of ignored my farm. It's kind of pathetic. Yeah, but I'm making funny. more money fishing, so I don't care. Well, you should have just gotten the, like, the ocean farm <laughs> place. Oh, come on. It's not that much of a walk. It doesn't burn energy that much. I just go down to the fishing shack. That way I'm right mm-hmm. there. I don't have to worry about storage space upgrades. Okay, maybe you are playing it wrong. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just going to do that until I have a ridiculous amount of money I shouldn't have, and then I'll start playing it right, buying things for the farm. Yeah, there you go. Good times. You know, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I mean, there's nothing, nothing really new on the game front. We actually talked quite a bit about games last week. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is, like, the Mass Effect trilogy... The collector's edition just came out. I don't know if you really got into that much, but no, I never really got into Mass Effect. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of folks have been going through. I think it's um, what's it called? Days Gone. I think it was another mm. like zombie survival thing around the same time as Last of Us. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, it wasn't really as um, uh, graphically. Nice as Last of Us, but like is it everybody, Switch or uh, I think it was you know probably well, the major everybody. systems I would assume. Mm. But uh, they they released it on PC. That's why people are playing it now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I watched a little bit of it. I mean, I'm not really interested in those kind of games anymore anyway. But I know there were just so many people that complained about Last of Us too because of the story. Um that I guess people are now, oh, like, this is this is better than Last of Us 2. I don't know if that's true, but, you know, that's <laughs> some of the things I've heard. Because, yes, that's, that's my metric of measurement when I'm trying to find a game that's entertaining. Is it better than another game? Not, is it a good game on its own merit? Just, well, I, just I got to compare it. <laughs> yeah, well, AAA games and, you know, especially when people got really irritated about the story of last of us too. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. But yeah. Um, I guess, uh, a milestone, uh, this week for the podcast, we did cross over the 20,000 download mark. Really? 
which I thought was hilarious because I got an email this week. But hey, you you crossed ten thousand downloads. It's like, yeah, we did that a while ago. <laughs> thanks hey, for... we forgot to let you know about this. So anyway, here you go. Wasn't there yeah, some thanks. other milestone you had texted me last week about? I don't um, know. Maybe. Ah, we don't. Text I think we hit like three hundred followers that. on Twitter. Is that what it was? Well, weren't we uh, featured in something again? Oh yeah, there. Um, so. Podbean periodically does like uh, recommendations or like playlists on the front page, and we were uh, put into their like TV and film category. I think there are like two or three other Star Wars podcasts. Like one was Rebel Force Radio, and the other one was one I don't know. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, seemed kind of random like, well, that's cool. <laughs> cool i don't know why you specifically got us it's not like i knew the only reason i did is because i looked on the front page of podbean mm-hmm. uh so yeah that was kind of cool cool to find cool to see not everybody listens to their podcast podcast on podbean it's a huge uh hosting site mm-hmm. and i mean their app isn't bad uh but i don't know just meh yeah. But it's a good, good hosting site. Uh, and with Apple screwing with their podcast platform and making it look like garbage, I, I'm looking for another podcasting platform. Oh, you got to make people mad saying that. You have fanboys after care. you. <laughs> well, everybody hates it, though. Everybody hates the, the Apple platform right now. It looks really? like garbage. You can't, like, delete any... I think I complained about this last week, so I don't want to, like, rehash, but I they... They made everything uh, so you just can't, like, delete it. It used to be, like, you know, you had your new page, and then you swiped right, or, yeah, to the right, you swiped right, and it just deletes it, and then your queue's empty. You can't do that anymore. It's always just constantly there, and it's, it's not like the episode's downloaded. It's just still showing it. Right. And then, you know, it's harder to download stuff because you can't just swipe all the way to the right. You have to swipe a little bit and then it comes with the trash can. You got to hit the trash can. Then you have a a confirmation message to delete it. Mm -hmm. It's like you're making it more complicated for people to delete things. And like people with like real level OCD are going to absolutely hate this. It's it's just it's 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 a garbage platform right now. It looks like trash. So I, does, I've been does that looking around suggestions as well, since you can't delete that stuff. Or Apple doesn't really do suggestions. No, I they mean, don't. they have they have like kind of like a home page where they they might suggest like like podcasts or whatever hmm. to stuff you listen to, but that's about it. So anyway. I think we probably ought to start rolling into uh, major topics because we do have a lot to talk about today. We're going to go through uh, Bad Batch, uh, was it episode four called Cornered, and then we're going to also look into Thrawn Ascendancy Greater Good, which came out, uh, well, I guess a couple weeks ago now, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, so yeah, we, we've got a lot to go over, and... Um, yeah, I guess we better start. Ready to just jump into Bad Batch then? Yeah. Bad Batch. About 25, 26 minute runtime. Yeah. Um, bit forgettable. It was. And I wouldn't even call it a setup episode all that much. 
to be honest. I mean, just I I hate using the word filler because I feel like it's super generic, but just feel like this episode, once we get to the end of the season, you could probably say it didn't need to be there. Mm, uh, Again, it all depends on how, how you look at, you know, how you look at running a series though. When you're talking about 16 episodes, which is odd for a lot of television shows in general, you know, it just sort of seems like a slow running story where not a lot happened. Um, I mean, basic story plot, the clones are running out of supplies, um, still on the run. And they also know that their ship is wanted. So they're going to scramble their signal, which requires them to land for Mm -hmm. some reason. Um, so they pick a planet, they land tech and wrecker work on that for some reason. Cause wrecker yeah. would be the person I'd have helped me. Not echo. Well, he just moves <laughs> heavy parts, I guess. And then, um, echo and Hunter and Omega kind of go out to barter some of their stuff for, you know, whatever basic supplies that they need. Um, and then kind of the biggest thing here is that they uh, obviously being wanted the, I don't know, uh, what do you call this, this guy who, who's kind of like in charge, I guess, in charge of the landing pad, you know, yeah. whatever, maybe a repair guy or whatever, um, sends off a message to, uh, Fennec Shan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that he can get part of this, uh, money for the bounty. And it looks like the bounty is only on Omega. Um, and I think we kind of talked about it in a prior episode when the Kaminoans sort of seemed to s- give us that maybe they needed one of them, but it, it it's like, okay, maybe sh- they don't need Omega. Maybe they need one of the other clones. But, well, there again, we don't even know if this bounty is from the Kaminoans. It could be from True. someone else, It could else be from too. the Empire. could be from Camino and it could be from anybody right now. Sorry yeah. to say. Um, and essentially, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard <laughs> for me because it, it, I mean, it was, it I was mean, fine, but I, you've basically summarized 90% of the story plot already. Like the rest yeah, is just uh, the action involved in it. Yeah, I just found myself sort of, my attention sort of drifting as I was watching yeah. the episode. Um, you know, uh, the, what else is there of note? I mean, like Echo, and uh, he's dressed up as a droid. Mm-hmm. And in their bartering for money, uh, Hunter like, hey, yeah, give me 3000 for the droid. And then Echo leads a droid revolution. Which is really crappy when you think about it. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just, it's kind of clunky. Like that shopkeeper, oh, yeah, you're just taking all my droids and, you know, my three grand. Uh, fi- yeah, sure, great. Yeah. Take it on the chin, bub. Um, Omega gets lost. Of course, that's typical kid stuff there. And, uh, yeah, winds up meeting Fennec and, you know, they steal some fruit. 
And then there's just kind of a shootout through the planet, I guess. Yeah. Wrecker gets wrecked. Yeah, I don't know if I really if I really get that. Like he's supposed to be this big strong guy and he's wearing a helmet and like I just don't feel one... like those blows would have done that. Well, there was only one blow. She she just he ran at her and Fennec just sort of pushed him into a into a panel. Mm. That's true, yeah. I, I, I didn't With really understand how the, Yeah, I didn't really understand how that's going to incapacitate Wrecker. That just sort of seemed a little off to me. And um, also, it's kind of odd that you don't see Finnick just executing people going after her. Don't you think that's well, kind of odd that she didn't kill Hunter or Wrecker? Well, I think they're trying to nice her up because obviously you got a like a nicer version of the assassin in Mandalorian and who who's to tell really what they're going to do with the whole book of boba thing which you know what the more and more i hear that i think that's a stupid name i don't like yeah. the name like at all um yeah, tales should have called it uh, fet tales no i'm kidding i think you could have <laughs> came up with something else um but yeah d- They fix their scrambling device. (laughs) They get away. Yeah. Those darn kids. And, I mean, they have money. It's like everything worked out for them. Right. In the episode. They got more money. They offloaded some junk. The droid revolution's on. Omega may or may not have found herself another doll. Yeah. I don't know if she was able to keep that. I don't think she did. I think it probably got left somewhere. Um, yeah, and Hunter, his tracking skills apparently aren't that good. Yeah. What's up with that? I mean, is it just plot device or... <laughs> yeah, I kind of wonder about that. help him with that or what? <laughs> I really don't know. Um, when Finnick has Omega... He's, you know, Hunter's running around the street, but it's not like he has some extrasensory perception of where she is. So I just, like, what's... Again, it's like he's he's just this... He's kind of lame. You got your leader with the most generic kind of use. I don't want to say useless, but it, his ability just isn't as useful as everyone else's, I feel like. Well, does he even have the ability? I mean, he can't even find the girl. I mean... He has to have he has to have tech basically hack the flipping surveillance network. Most of what we've seen of his ability is usually in like a forested area. It's like okay, literally any hunter could learn what he's doing. It's just not all that impressive to me. I mean, maybe they should just like implant Omega with a compass, and then he can find her. <laughs> right, GPS little chip. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about Fennec's uh, animation? Mm. I mean, would you have thought right away it was her without the helmet? Well, I'm not. I'm not talking about the helmet. I mean, you're like the actual movements. I, uh, I'm, well, well, the movements are the movements. This is cartoon. I'm just talking about the like the actual face. Because I don't know. It kind of looks like it, it, I, I feel like they made her. I don't know. Okay, I, I suppose. I, I I don't know. I guess to me, after watching Mando, that's kind of just the definitive face for her now to me, more than even the comics. So it was a little odd. 
It was almost like they took the framework of Padme and just tweaked it a bit. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> what I was. Yeah, I guess that's what I was kind of trying to articulate. It, it, it's kind of like it almost looks like what was what was that? I can't remember what that was that they used to uh, use like pre-drawn assets, and maybe that's just what I'm thinking about. Like pre-drawn assets in video games. Like there was some engine a long time ago that a lot of like really crappy game designs came out of with all these pre-rendered assets but it was like slightly different first person shooter games and that that was very prevalent for a while yeah and well i, I think I are you talking like the doom style pre-rendered assets or like jankier than that even well i can't i i, I can't really even say to be honest with you mm-hmm. I, it was just something i vaguely remembered but i mean as far as like with fennec yeah it, it kind of looks almost like they didn't they didn't do a whole lot to make her look uniquely like the actress, yeah. I guess. I mean, it was okay. And they did the little ribbon hair thing that she that she had in the show. Right. It's too bad we're not far enough along for her to have her animatronic stomach. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, cool. it'll be interesting to see what, what role, I guess, she plays in this show. Cause yeah. I mean, do you think that she'll be prevalent or one of those, we see her a couple episodes and then we're done with her? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't think she's going to become a part of the crew, but I definitely think we're going to see her again at the it does, very least. It does kind of bring up who else you're going to introduce from that timeline since we've already done it with Fennec. Like, are we going to see Grief? Are we going to see anyone else that was for Mando. Just kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just get a straight up Mando cameo and Bad Batch. That would be terrible and awesome at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. They do seem to be... I, I, I think Fennec was just sort of more of a, of a nod more so than anything else. I don't... It, it's fine. I will say though, I mean, she bounty hunters right now between the comics and everything else. Yeah, well, I guess it's better than using Bosk for the fifteenth time. (laughs) Oh, come on, it's Bosk. I don't really care about Bosk. I don't either. I actually, I hate him in the comics. To be honest, I I don't really have much interest in Trandoshans in general. I mean, they're they're interesting, I guess, but they're not that interesting. You know what? I feel like they're trying to do with Bosk recently, like at least with the comics, almost like a lame version of Baraka for Mortal Kombat. Mm, sure. Like feral and super intense. Yeah, I get that. You know, I, I was uh, I usually have the episode up while we're recording, and I did notice here that she actually just executed a few people in the chase scene. So yeah, like threw some people off their speeder bikes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she shot one guy straight through the chest, and then he yeah. ran into another guy, and they both exploded. So I guess it was a reasonable amount more violent than uh, than normal, I suppose. And you know, it's interesting. So I was just running ahead here. So I said this was like 25, 26 minutes, but in actuality, it was more like 21 minutes because the credits, the credits hit at like 22, almost mm, an even yeah. 22 minutes. And then the, the actual show doesn't start until like 45 seconds in. So it's actually a very short episode overall. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous to have over three minutes of credits for a a generic anime length show. It's kind of weird. Mm. Well, it's it's better than the. Yeah, it's better than the golden age where all the credits had to run at the beginning of of the movie. Which, of course, George Lucas is the one that changed that, essentially. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting how that happened. And that's why, like, Monty Python had all the llama stuff going on so they could make fun of that kind of crap. Yeah. That's funny, like, how serious uh, the film industry was about that. I think he got fined quite a bit and got kicked out of the guild when Empire came out because they're like, okay, you're not doing this again, right? Yeah, something like that. It was, yeah, that was in the, uh, whatever, the documentary that was on yeah. that's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Was it, um, Which, I can't remember. If you haven't called. listened to that or watched that documentary, get on Disney+, Plus and check that out. It's really entertaining. Yeah, maybe if we actually... Remember I guess since I'm on Disney Plus app, I could look that up. Empire of Dreams. Empire of Dreams. That's what it was called. Yeah, it was good. It was interesting. Well, that, that ended up being a series, didn't it? Or they came no. out with a second part. I what was the one so. that we... Oh, it was the making of Mando. Yeah. yeah. That was a series, which I never right. really got into other than the first episode. Yeah, we tried. We didn't try very hard, but we did <laughs> no, we, did we try. Didn't. So... Anyway, any more that you really want to talk about Clone Wars no, or Clone Wars, really. Bad Batch? Clone Wars 2.0. 1.5. It's 1.5. <laughs> I mean, I, my, my problem is, is we still just don't have a story. We don't know yeah. basically anything about Omega. We don't have any plot devices yet. The, the clones don't really have a plan. Right. So I guess to, to my point, what's the point of this right now? All I can figure is Omega's going to be ridiculously important in some way in the background of the Star Wars universe, and we don't realize it yet, because otherwise, what's the point of this show? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the clones aren't all that important in the grand scheme of things. They just aren't. No, not really. So, yeah, I mean, here's hoping that they'll bring something something to the plate, but... um, yeah, as of right now, there's just there's nothing really going on all that much. And I have to say, you know, the more and more I look at this, I think Clone Wars looked better. Oh, I don't I know. Would, I like I, I feel I feel like they went too far to that sort of almost like exaggerated brush stroke look. It was kind of cool in the first episode, but it's kind of getting boring at this point. Yeah, I don't like to be hyper-negative or whatever, hypercritical, but, you know, it just, eh, it's just been a little meh. Because well, I, we've had eight episodes with Bad Batch 2 now, between Clone Wars and this, and it just doesn't feel like, I don't know, eight episodes, you'd think you'd have some decent development at this point. You can't count, you can't count the ones from Clone Wars, though. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but because it's Clone Wars. So you have four. You have four just Bad Batch episodes. Because you, you, can, you can put yourself up on a crutch, the part we talk about, like Obi-Wan or Anakin or something. Right now, we don't have the crutch. It's just strictly the Bad Batch and Omega. Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah. I ba- just based haven't on had f- anything happen that made me care about any of these characters yet. And sure. by now, we should have. 
Yeah, you, you would think. And I'm sure that there are people out there that do. Yeah. You know, well, they care about them more. Fan. There are bigger fans of the clones than us, too, I would say. And that's probably going to make them have more of a predisposition to like the Bad Batch. And that's fine. The clones are cool. They're just not something that I get excited about as much, truthfully. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll see how, how it shakes out. But they need to get to some sort of story device relatively soon, I think. Or, you know, I don't think a ton of people are going to really care all that much about what happens to the Bad Batch. Yeah. So... Well, anyway, you want to rate it? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead. Uh, just out of ten, what do you what do you got? Uh, what did you say last week? Where the threshold for bad is? Because I feel like well, I, I don't want to say it's it. a because I know uh, last week I rated it in a way like oh that'd be considered just bad when I just think it was generic and forgettable. Would you say? Well, like I mean, I th- I think you rate it like you 9. would like you would do uh, like a test in high school. Yeah. I mean, what's a passing grade? You know, D- D's aren't necessarily passing grades. You know what I mean? It just kind of depends on where you go to school. But I would, you know, if you're if you're in the sevens, that's like a C. If you're in the right. sixes, you're rating it basically a D. You know, anything below that's an F. And then right. it just depends on how F you want to do it. <laughs> you know? Right. I know. I'm, I'm going to say like a six because it's not terrible, but it just, it does nothing for me. There's nothing about this episode that excited me in any way. Yeah. I mean, I, I was probably going to go like six, six point five. you know, it, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's average. It, it's still following this trope and nobody's really, nobody has a plan. We, we, you know, we're four, I know, I understand there's 16 episodes, so it is a lot longer, but there's, there's no developed plot. All we know now is that Omega is, has a bounty hunter after. Um, but there's just, they're not really developing the characters at all. And we're just doing either fetch quests like last week or, uh, this week is a fix it mission. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel and like actually when we look back, <clears throat> once everything's released, I don't think most people are going to be very critical of that. But when you're waiting week to week to see what happens and you get so little happen week to week, it's just a little more disappointing. It's like, well, I, mean, I mean, binging I, the I, show wouldn't be a big deal, I don't think. I don't want to binge shows, though. I think you lose a lot in translation from binging. You can. I think it's information overload. But see, my my point is is that this this isn't packing in anything like Clone Wars or like Rebels did. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's a much shorter runtime. I think it's. I, I mean, Clone Wars. I don't remember what Clone Wars runtimes were. Well, it doesn't matter. But they packed in like actual stuff. You got something to do, or you saw an episode through one person's eye. Mm-hmm. This one we're just muddling around doing whatever. Yeah. Um, so I mean, like again, what's the point? Right. Uh, you, you're 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 putting out several episodes without really saying anything. What's special about Omega? 
right. or at least build to it, like give some something or like have some sort of conflict. We talked last week about Wrecker with, um, you know, his head hurting. So mm-hmm. is that a chip? Are we going to even this this episode when we're talking about fixing stuff, it's like they just tried to bounce between everybody too much. Stick with tech. He's the one who's supposed to be doing the repairs. Make it a tech episode. Or stick with... Uh, uh, Echo. Echo, yeah. With Echo <laughs> as he's doing droid things, and then he comes to fix it, and he does other things. You know, they're not... They, they keep focusing a lot on Hunter, and I don't care about Hunter. Mm-hmm. I mean, and nobody Hunter really, is I don't not developing either. Cares. And I don't see no. him doing it ever in this show. You know, it kind of got me to thinking about, like, with Clone Wars. You could kind of say the same thing that we're saying now. There's a ton of Clone Wars episodes that are just, you know, super filler. They don't really push the plot around all that much. But as far as, like, Monster of the Week category goes, something happens and it gets resolved and it's satisfying. Like when Yoda and those three clones are caught in the woods and Asajj sends a bunch of droids after them and like all of the clones have character development and they learn about themselves and it just felt like a whole concise story and it really wasn't that difficult to make. Let's be honest. It probably didn't take that much effort to figure out how to make that episode. Mm -hmm. I just don't feel like we've had anything like that with Bad Batch so far. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just it, I know that there's a plan here, but uh, kind of wish we would get to the point a little bit, right? Or at least get to some point. Doesn't have to be the point, but like something. Yeah, and I kind of expected to at least see a little bit of a uh, crosshair. I was surprised we didn't see any of him. Mm, yeah, and I think I mean obviously we will, but yeah, I I kind of thought about that too. Not even really a word from him. Yeah, but anyway, getting on to the book, I think we've kind of gotten a little negative at this point from talking about Bad Batch. So That is what it is, but I mean, yeah. Actually, one other thing that I just remembered as we were talking, did you see all this stuff about uh, Dave Filoni? No, what's going on? No, they fired him. What? <laughs> That's not funny. No, there was just some update that... Um, it, it it was really hyped up on like you know a lot of sites, but I mean really, once like a reputable a reputable site reached out to Lucasfilm, it's like yeah, I mean it's we were just updating our website, you know, because it's like his title wasn't right, mm-hmm. but they basically just like moved him to like executive producer, executive creative director at Lucasfilms, and they were like, mm-hmm. well, he's already basically been doing that. We just sort of like updated <laughs> our website. Right. But everybody went absolutely nuts because there's such a bloodthirst to see Kathleen Kennedy gone. Like, this is like LeBron's The Decision, and when she's finally either sacked or she leaves, you know, they'll burn the Kathleen Kennedy jersey. I don't know. what is she, Does she wear anything? Does, I mean, if we were talking about, like, other people, we could, like, a cardigan. I don't know. Does she wear cardigans? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, even no, know. I guess, I'd, I guess I don't watch her little scheduled announcements and talks enough to know. <laughs> yeah. I, 
And you know, if it were Dave Filoni, we could burn a cowboy hat, but we wouldn't do that. I mean, he, at least he has a distinguishing yeah. thing. Cowboy um, hat, neither a nerdy Star Wars or band shirt. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, this is something he's already been doing. But like, people just went absolutely crazy. It's about time. It's about time. You know, oh, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's gone. You know, oh, it's all the Dave Filoni trilogy. Dave Filoni trilogy. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I think it's I think it's good to get excited about it because like, it shows people, or it sh- hopefully it, I don't know if they care, but hopefully it shows people at Disney how important he is to Star Wars in general. But the thing is, is that he's already been doing it, right? <laughs> you know, he, he he's been extremely involved in Mandalorian. He's done all the animated series. You know, just because he hasn't done like a movie franchise is one thing, but like he's been doing so much behind the scenes that there's very little that hasn't been somehow touched by Dave Filoni. Well, just think about how many people he's brought into the star Wars fold through everything he's created. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of, kind of funny how excited people got and they're like <laughs> well already happened yeah it's <laughs> like what, already... what was he before you're really excited about this promotion what was he before <laughs> yeah, i don't know some some guy with a cowboy hat apparently yeah all right yeah that just popped in my head so let's let's talk about thrawn a little bit so thrawn greater good Thrawn Ascendancy, Greater Good. Get the full name. Do you think the third book will be Thrawn Ascendancy, Greater Good, and then another name? (laughs) No. (laughs) I think we already have the title of it, if Mm. I remember correctly. Uh, Maybe. I'm going to look it up. Lesser Evil. Yeah. What is it? Lesser Evil. Ah. See, that'd be awesome. Thrawn Ascendancy, Greater Good, Lesser Evil. Evil. We we need to work <laughs> on like a Thrawn voice, you know, so that we can like do that in Thrawn's voice. Do you have a Thrawn voice? No, <laughs> I, th- I don't think I have a Thrawn voice. We have to get, we have to, I think I'd have to have, you know, like something to numb my tongue a little bit <laughs> in order to do it. <laughs> I'm not even going to try it. I have to try it off air before I, before I debut that. Uh, that's interesting. They this one. Who is this? Well, Penguin says uh, November sixteenth. This year. That's what it next says. year. No, no this way. Year. No way. Hmm. God, he's gonna be working some overtime to finish that. Well, he's that's already ridiculous. done. I mean, if they already have it up, uh, he's already done. Yeah, November sixteenth. I didn't know that they were going to bring that out this year. Why would they do that so fast? doesn't make much sense. I don't even know if I want... it's not a trilogy. Maybe it's like eight books and he's already done with seven of them. (laughs) I don't know if I even want that because I want to take the time to reread these two a few times before I get into the next one. It's shorter, too. Just over 400 pages, 14-hour audiobook. What was that? That's what it like says. Four hundred and fifty pages, something like that. I don't, gosh, I don't know. Something like that. 
It wasn't crazy long. The audiobook was long, longer. Yes, it was. I I literally just finished it minutes before we started recording. (laughs) That's pretty wild. I wonder why. uh... Well, uh, this book was supposed to have come out last year. So. Oh, was this one of the ones pushed back due to COVID? Really? So that's probably what it was. I mean, it it just, he had already had the books done and just, Hmm. you know. And that, again, that is what really hacks me off. Because I guarantee most of these books were done and they pushed them back because they couldn't get the physical publishing done because of COVID. I, you know, that. Then just release the Audible. At least do that. That just, it it always, that, that galls me a lot. Because, like, if we would have had some of those books during the height of COVID, it would have been so much better. Oh, yeah. It would have been so much better. No, but, but we had yeah, Alphabet. Whatever. We at least yeah. had that. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, so we probably would already be done with Thrawn because they probably would have already released three had two come out on its intended date. No, I mean, I, I, maybe, but I'm, I'm thinking three. That is what would have been the actual release date because I'm pretty sure Thrawn was supposed to come out last October, if I remember correctly. Mm. So that would I make think that, sense. A little over a year then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that makes sense. But a couple months, I, I, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't really know how popular Thrawn is with just everybody. You know, Star Wars Twitter has been so weird lately. It used to be... Pre-COVID, Star Wars Twitter was still toxic, but at least they talked about new releases. Now, right. they don't talk about anything aside from their hot takes. Um, and I haven't really heard anything from people who... I think uh, I think Clashing Sabres did a th- uh, their Thrawn review, but I think that's about it. I know so, when Alphabet came out, um, the one that just came out not too long ago, there was barely any reviews on like YouTube because I tried to find a few to listen to on the way over to do the review. I always like to hear a few other people's point of view and there was just nothing. There was like two people who had reviewed it and it had been out for about three weeks at that point. Right. It's just odd. Yeah, it is. I don't know. Well, it is what it is. It seems like after Mando, just no one cares about new Star Wars content, honestly, because like there's not much for Bad Batch either. True. I, I see a little bit for Bad Batch, but yeah, not not much. Not much. Um, but anyway, we have Greater Good. Uh, book two of this new Thrawn potentially trilogy. At least that's mm-hmm. what we're being told. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I was just kind of knocking around. Let me look for a couple of... Um, couple of reviews here looks like goodreads has 4.2 out of 5 uh did ut oh utini did a review of it already what did they give it uh oh god they do individuals no i don't want to sign up for your newsletter i probably already am signed up so i'm good oh yeah they have a lot of categories see we're we're rating thing oh no no i'm not dude what what is this Oh, oh, they're listing other books that had... Okay, never mind. Um, Yeah, yeah, plot 8.6, characters 9.1, originality 8.3. 
writing 8.8, entertainment 8.7. So average of 8.7 hmm. for you, Teeny. Amazon is at a 4.8 with over 1,600 ratings, which is pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. I don't think bad. Alphabet had that many ratings when we went to do the review. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did think that was that is kind of interesting that they had as many ratings because yeah, you're right. When uh, when Alphabet came out and we were looking at these, there was like nothing. Very strange. There's literally only, um, right under seventy people who didn't rate it four stars or up. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. So. We're not going to like knock into a ton of detail here. Obviously, you should just read it. But also because of the sheer amount of different names and places, Ugh. it becomes really hard for me to remember all that sort of stuff. And we do our best to pull up some stuff pre-show. So we'll well, go through some. When we of... go through our our names list on like Wikipedia or anything, usually what we really need is a brief description of who the heck this person is. Because like yeah, sometimes sure. we'll go through the name list like oh yeah that's who I'm thinking about the rest of the time it's like I have no idea who that is. Yeah, no doubt. But we'll go through some of the uh, some of the uh, general themes, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. and we'll kind of talk about hits and misses. Um, but I will say this: not a very Thrawn heavy book. No. Probably the least amount of Thrawn in any of the books that I've read so far yeah yeah very very much so and didn't you kind of feel like when you finally got to that point where you realized man Thrawn isn't in this all that much my first thought is okay so they're trying to really develop all these other characters that we had in Ascendancy but they didn't yeah They, they kind of focused on characters that we will never ever hear from again a lot of them, yeah, for sure. Um, but obviously, we do hear from Thrawn, Admiral Aralani, of course, mm-hmm. Thalius and Cheery, mm-hmm. um, Skywalker and and uh, caregiver, um, old uh, Syndic uh, Thurfian and and Sistalmu. They're back mm-hmm. at it again, lurking in the shadows. Thurfian now Syndic Prime. Uh, in this book, uh, hear a lot from mid captain Samacro, the constant buzz kill, <laughs> you know, everybody. part of me kind of still likes him, even though he's really annoying in a way. I don't I'm, know uh, why uh, to I be really honest, don't. I'm over him at this point. I mean, I, I, uh, we'll talk about it. Um, we also go over senior captain Lakinda. Mm-hmm who is of the Zodlak family, who is very... Uh, the Zodlak family is very uh, centralized in the story. They're one of the 40. They're not one mm-hmm. of the ruling, but they were formerly a ruling family when they had 10 ruling families. And, uh, yeah, I mean, every family is trying to become a ruling family. That's where the power is. And the Zodlaks are... Uh, I mean, they have some closeness to it. They were former... I would and say, ah, oh, the 40, they'd be pretty high up in that yeah. list. Well, they're also allies with the Arizi, mm-hmm. who, to be honest with you, do you get the impression that the Arizi might be on their way out? Yeah, because, I mean, 
I feel like Sestalmo is just kind of proof of it. Like, he's super unambitious. Well, I, you know, they shoot their shot, but they don't always hit the mark. Because, like, in the, in the first book, uh, Sestalmu attempted to get Thrawn into the Arizi family. Mm-hmm. And in this book, this is jumping ahead a lot, but Lukinda, after the events of the book, Sestalmu goes to her to also try and recruit her as a uh, uh, trial-born. Mm-hmm. I always think about, like, Skyrim. <laughs> Welcome, Battleborn. Battleborn or Greymane. <laughs> you know, anyway. But, you know, as a, as a trial-born, whereas Lukinda at this point is only a merit adoptive in the Zodlak family. There's a lot of words I'm saying here, and it's, yeah. it, it's tough Hopefully to everyone's keep my following. head around. <laughs> it's, it, you know, you made the point about this the other day when you said this is basically like the Star Trek book of the Star yeah. Wars world. Well, it's just like, even with the Jedi, you just don't get this far in with all the different titles, beliefs, the structure, and all that. I mean, the Chiss is super fleshed out, thanks to Timothy Zahn, and I really appreciate it. But it's more than what you're used to following in a Star Wars book. There's a reason it's 16 hours on Audible. There is a lot, a lot of going over all this family structure over and over again, because... I feel like Timothy just knew. It's like, yeah, you're going to forget this, so let me just throw it in there again for you. Yeah, it can be super confusing. Um, we do hear a little bit with uh, General Bakif, not as mm-hmm. much as the first yeah. book. Um, and then we start to get into a few other folks, but mainly we kind of start with the Ag Bowie, mm-hmm. who are a new alien class here. And I think the only the only thing that I got a little annoyed with were the memories chapters in this one, yeah. Because it was you know in the in the prior memories chapters like with Thrawn it was like seeing Thrawn in the academy. Yeah. It wasn't like that crazy far back, or, or, or it was a lot farther back. The memories chapters in this book are like like last week. Yeah, and, and it's they're like kind just of muddled they're... about that, too, until you get yeah. further in. You're like, is this, like, 10, 20 years ago, or is it just, you know, occurring along with it, and they just wanted to keep the memories thing going? It was yeah. kind of odd to me. And honestly, it was kind of disappointing because the memories were my favorite part of Ascendancy. It really was. It, it just feel like they yeah. completely threw away a good exam- or a good. Um, opportunity to still keep Thrawn relevant in this book more because again, yeah, he's not our main focus really. No, he's really not. But um, but yeah, the 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 memories section again, and the memories were all about the Agbui and their dealings in this galaxy. But it, it just it was all again. It was like the, it was a week ago. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it just it, it just seemed strange, a bit strange and out of place. But let, let's lay down a little bit of the plot here, and we'll talk about some individual stuff, I guess. So essentially, we have a planet that had been through civil war. Some refugees had attempted to escape. They made it to our. Um, oh, I didn't. I didn't pre-look that up. Dang it, that's gonna bother me. Oh man. Um, was it the Patatas homeworld? Is that who I'm thinking about? Mm. Uh, 
thought Patatus were a little further along in the story, but I'm not sure myself. No, nah, well, yeah, that's I, I have to. Um, I'm gonna unfortunately have to. It, it, it might not be the the thing is, and I know they're not, but for some reason, my brain, uh, the the people that I'm thinking about, I always think of as shark people, which sounds really <laughs> stupid because they're not. But I I don't. No, the Patatas were the insect race. Who was the first, uh, the first um, race that we went and, and saw? Um, w- with the ring, where Thrawn brings the ring back. Yeah. Uh, I know who you're Rapak, talking about, but I- Rapak, that's Rapak. what it was. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so the Rapak system, homeworld of Pakosh. They were the Pakosh. That's who I'm thinking about. Um, and then these refugees come to Pakosh. And when, um, when Thrawn goes there, he, he starts to unravel a bit of this mystery. He starts to tug at the threads. Um, but before he even goes to, to the Rapak system... You know, we have Admiral Aralani's task force going out mm-hmm. and basically destroying the last remnants of the Nick Hardoon, mm-hmm. uh, which includes the Springhawk Thrawn ship and the um, the ooh, Gray Shrike. Gray Shrike. Yeah, gra- the and gray that's Lukinda's Luke- uh, ship, the mm-hmm. Gray Shrike, which is kind of a cool name. Mm-hmm. So. There's a lot of splitting up here. <laughs> yeah. A lot of splitting up. And we basically, uh, for like three quarters of the book, don't see Aralani, it feels like. No, we really don't, which is which is kind of disappointing. But yeah. we, we really don't see her all that much in this book. Um, but yeah, Thrawn goes to the Rapak system to sort of settle up this final score. Meets the, the magus of this, mm-hmm. uh, of this species. And then they go to their planet, which Thrawn nicknames Sunrise. Mm-hmm. And the Magus and her 200 pe- refugee people are convinced that they have to commit ritualistic suicide in order to join the Beyond, which is essentially uh, the Force. Yeah, which, yeah, Thrawn points out as the Force or, you know, Third Sight uh, mm-hmm. or uh, what do the Pathfinders call it? Um, uh, the Great Presence? Is that what it was? Anyway, it's the force. Yeah, yeah. All around, it's 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 the in, force. In lesser space, it's the force. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Well, never mind. I'll save that question for later. Um. So with sunrise, they encounter a a warship, and. Thrawn actually has new orders, which the Grey Shrike brings, like, kind of at a bad moment, really. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, because they're like in a, the middle of a fight, and they kind of get tangled up when they're bringing it to him, and true. Thrawn has to but bail to him put out. A, <laughs> but to put a pause on that, we get into the politics of uh, Thurfian and Sistamu, who are attempting to get Thrawn put into a different direction so that he can fail. Go, hey, we're going to make up a rumor about something, and he's going to go fail, and it'll be really great. Sistalmu, though, interestingly enough, is like, you know, he's bringing a lot of um, 
prestiged your family, you know, you are you really still want to fail? Still, still cool with this? Of course I am. And he even brings that up enough. He's like, are we doing this again? (laughs) Yeah. I do like Sistamu's voice, though. I think that's one of the cool voices, uh, the coolest voices that he does. I think Thurfian's pretty memorable, too. No, you're right. Thurfian's is a good voice. Sistamu just reminds me of, like, uh, for some reason, just reminds me of, like, vampires. (laughs) You know, like, some old movie (laughs) vampire who's, like, really old or something. Anyway, I think it's cool. I think I think he he has some decent voices, but we'll talk about voices as we get along here. But anyway, back to uh, back to Thrawn. So we do have this this skirmish. We have gunboats and then this this frigate, and they're able to you know essentially bat this away. So that's cool. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think of some of the space battle stuff? Because there were quite a few space battle. I think. Did, we, did you like it in this one? I think that the gunboat usage would, was kind of ridiculously high. Like I feel like ninety percent of what we were fighting was gunboats. But other than that, I always love the how descriptive they are with the battles. I mean, they really paint a really, really good picture with them. So mm-hmm. I always enjoy them, and I don't know. Everyone always likes to say that Thrawn's a Mary Sue and he always has everything predetermined and he's too perfect, but I it is probably one of my favorite things in Star Wars when Thrawn just completely obliterates somebody in a space battle. It's so well, satisfying. Well, we've talked about this. I mean, he's kind of like the 90s action hero, which yeah. can be very satisfying yeah. if done in doses. Um, so anyway... Uh, Thrawn took took the Magus and one of her people along effectively to try and convince her to not commit suicide, mass suicide, right. and that in order they could everyone still, else do. Right. Well then that they could still rebuild, which the Magus's point is is that no, we're we're gonna join the beyond and we'll heal the planet for the next inhabitants, mm-hmm. which actually you know, if that is something that they can really do, then that's actually pretty cool. You yeah. know what I mean? It's actually kind of neat. It's certainly something the Chiss cannot wrap their minds around. No, not at all. Like, I mean, they kind of touch the surface with the Force, with the Skywalkers and everything, but they, uh, the concepts are completely foreign to them. Yeah, for sure. And we also get Thalius in here, because Thalius mm-hmm. is, is the only one that the Magus will really allow to talk to her, because she was formerly you know, a Skywalker herself, and she's mm-hmm. touched the beyond, as they say. Um, Do you kind of wish she would have interacted with Cheery too a little bit? I think that would have been kind of cool. Well, th- there was an interesting moment with Cheery, and I, d- I, l- I do like Cheery. Oh, yeah. I think, awesome. I think she's actually really cool. Um, there is a moment later, because essentially Thrawn puts the Magus in hibernation, in like a cryogenic hibernation so she doesn't kill herself, because apparently they can kill themselves without weapons. Yeah, they can just do it on the spot. Like, what do they yeah. do, you think? Do they just, like, stop their own hearts? It's kind of weird. I thought about that a well, little bit. It, it, it's interesting because it could be, like, a power of mind thing, you know, yeah. like you said. Yeah. I, I think they that that's probably... They force themselves to, like, be one with the Force or something. Yeah. Kind of cool in a way when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, in a somewhat morbid way, but yeah. yeah. It, it yeah, kind of, of enforces <laughs> their, their potential end game, though. But anyway... When they they eventually are they eventually take the magus out of hibernation to show her a piece of jewelry, which we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, do we have and, 
do do well, we have well, to? Yeah, we have to talk <laughs> about it. It's 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 only vaguely important, but we have to talk about it. It's it's a mistake uh, made by uh, anyway. So, but the thing is, is that Thrawn needs her to go back in hibernation. She's not really willing, but she looks at Thalius. She looks at Thrawn, and then she looks to the side. And we kind of get this, not sole confirmation, but basically that Cheery is able to use third sight. Well, there's a lot with Cheery. Uh, and I think that she'll so come much. up. I think that she'll come up in the next book. And there's a paradoxical thing at the end that we'll talk about too. But apparently Cheery even had sort of a something to do with this decision as well because looking through the bulkhead was essentially looking at cheery probably who was eavesdropping on the conversation with third sight and i think that cheery also gave her the magus reassurance that yeah trust thrawn trust thalius trust these people there were your friends um because not only was thalius touched has touched the beyond cheery currently is able to so I, Mm -hmm. i think that the mages would be able to trust that a lot more. Yeah. So anyway, let, let's get back to the story. Um, so we have we have this defeat, and Thrawn is thrown off to deal with potential pirates. Mm-hmm. Let, uh, really, now I think we have to talk about Selwis. Yeah. Which is a small planet, uh, and we have, uh, let's see, Counselor Luki, uh What was his Lukiva. name? No, 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 no. It was uh, La- Lakovit. Ah, shoot. I forgot the pronunciation um, of this guy's name. That's going to annoy La- me. Lakvid? Was it Lakvid? I think it's like Lakuviv or something like that. Lakuviv, or I don't know. Why is he not on my character list? I, I have <laughs> If I read lo- it, I know I would I'm be lo- I, No, see, that's the thing. I, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this just doesn't sound like the pronunciation from the, from the audiobook. Um, yeah. Lakuviv. That's what it was. Lakuviv. Yeah. So Counselor Lakuviv, um, who uh, we'll just call him like governor of the planet, I guess. Yeah, basically. They, you know, counselor. So um, we have a group of three Agbui, mm-hmm. uh, one of them by the name of Hapleaf, who comes to the planet asking for, you know, a couple months so they can grow their spices. Um, and possibly sell some jewelry. And he gives a piece of jewelry to the counselor. And no, wait, just to the counselor, not to the aide, or did he give one to each of them? Just one remember. to the counselor. Okay. He gives two to the farmers down the line. Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. So the counselor seems smart in the beginning. He he does get the the like the brooch or whatever sent off for analysis. Uh, which they come to find out is a very rare metal that's used for starship hulls. Mm-hmm. And if the Agbui have more of this, this could potentially be a Zodlak opportunity, mm-hmm. which is Hapleaf's plan. We eventually get that Hapleaf is responsible for, in quotation, sunrises, civil war, and potential destruction. Mm-hmm. He was sent there by a man named Jixtus, who is of the Grisk race. Mm-hmm. which we heard a little bit about um, in the prior Thrawn trilogy, uh, which is the Chiss's great enemy. Mm-hmm. And I believe they are new to this new canon timeline. I don't, if I remember correctly, I don't think that they were in Legends prior. So Hapleaf 
is brought to our 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 planet. Uh, I just I just had the the kid's name. Oh, let me see if I can find him. Uh, I I I'm pretty. I had it pulled up because um, it was Yomi. Yomi. It was Yomi and. Uh, Oh, this is bothering me, dude. I hate scrolling through pages of names. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Especially names again. like in I'll, this. <laughs> uh, I, I'm almost, I'm a, uh, Yoponek. Yeah. So Yo- Yoponek and Yomi were two students in their wandering year who happened to fall afoul of Hapleaf and the Egg Buoy. And they traveled together for several months across the ascendancy because here's the funny thing. Uh, Hapleaf was having trouble figuring out the chiss. Like yeah. he, he was just, he wasn't able to make connections. He wasn't able to really make any headway. And until that's he essentially, meets, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say until he meets Yopanek and Yomi yeah. who Which give is, him some ins and outs. Yeah. Which is kind of telling about how mysterious the Chiss are to most other races because his literal only job with Gistix is to study his enemies and be able to tell culturally. He essentially does what Thrawn does with art. He learns about cultures. Yeah, he's not great about it, honestly. Like, Hmm. he has powers, and Thrawn still just blows him away with learning about races. Well, let's talk about the powers because... The Agbui are telepathic, yep. but only by touch. Very, very awkward touch. Well, okay, <laughs> so let's talk about this, because Yopanek, uh, as they were talking, um, Hapleaf brushes his hand across his forehead, mm-hmm. and that's how they, they basically yeah, sustained get... sustained touch allows them to feel yeah. what they feel and kind of read their minds in a way. Would but you not... ever let somebody continuously touch you on the head like that, though? Old Yopi's kind of stupid, let's be honest. Well, I mean, hold on. Let, 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 let's pause that just one second, and let me add another layer. Would you have gotten onto an alien ship to just <laughs> go around the galaxy like Yopanek and Yomi? Right. Like, they are not the brightest. And let's be honest. Let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. The voice acting for Yopanek, he's, he's, he's basically just a stoner. Has, well, no. he's he's a stoner, and Yomi is a valley girl. Yeah. <laughs> Stop touching my neck, Agbui. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Don't read my cloud journal. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Huh? We're trying to go to the mall. Yomi, don't worry about it. It's totally cool. We're just, like, observing things, man. Man, this spice you guys grow is really great. <laughs> I mean, you should make some pretty, death sticks out of this, man. It is pretty good. I'll admit that at least. So anyway, yeah. They, let's talk about the voice acting real quick here. Because if I have to hear this kind of accent ever again, I might just have to find Mark and you know, tell him to do something else. No Southerner sounds like that. Yeah. That it is, was that like is, just a crappy, crappy version of old rail Avaros. It's like super phoned in, terrible I, accent. I, I understand that, like, like Selby was supposed to be kind of like a backwater planet, but to do that sort of like crappy, supposedly deep South accent, 
Like, listen, Larry the Cable Guy's accent was fake. He talks very normal. Right. Um, and most of those guys on like the Discovery Channel and stuff ham it up because that's how you sell television. Right. The, and and even with um, with the counselor, he kind of had that kind of had that old western kind of thing going on here. You know, we got to send the jewelry down for the... He even, he even had a little bit of um, extra cheek in there, too. He, he yeah. seemed like a fat guy sometimes. You know, but it, it's like... I, I'm not... I, I don't want to knock it because I understand how hard it would be to come up with so many different voices for all sure. of these characters. Oh, my God. How many characters are there? And, and um, I will give him, either way, whether I like the voice acting or not, good on him for not making it generic. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and and like and I don't keeping be all of them straight would be kind of difficult. I mean, it's yeah, ridiculous how many voices he has. Yeah, I I don't want to be hypercritical, but I do get a little tired of you know some of the overly stereotypical ones that aren't actually yeah. based anything. Because I'll say this about the Chiss. Well, we have our farmer here, our rancher. Um, oh shoot! Was it Lack Nim or? I, I'm getting there. I'm sorry. Lacfro. Lacfro. Okay. So even Lacfro is much smarter than yeah, some that's yokel thing. would ever be. And I just think that that's in general with most Chiss. They're yeah. just a little bit more advanced in the brain department. Because mm-hmm. these guys, even at the most basic level, can scheme. They can mm-hmm. analyze. They know how to do things that just like true dumb people just don't know how to do. And I just think that's inherent in the Chiss. So to give them this local yokel, overly exaggerated, deep South accent that really doesn't exist anywhere, at least in our culture um, or world culture, whatever, it just sort of seems a little off to me. Especially when you're dealing with a character who actually is, I don't want to say pivotal in this book, but he's super important. He's super important. He didn't completely win the battle, but he was a major key factor in it. And just to make him sound so stupid through the whole thing, like his wife didn't it was sound more, that it, bad. It was more the, da- it was more the, the daughter, daughter that, was that he bad. really disrespected. The daughter was bad. <laughs> it was uh, bad. The wife wasn't much better. The daughter but, was like honey boo boo almost. Jeez, oh, <laughs> seriously. But I, I, do, I do like the fact that that Zahn put in a character like Lacfro. This, yeah. is, this is the everyday guy. He's not affiliated really with anything. Obviously, he's in the Zodlac family in quotations, mm-hmm. but he's, he's not apprised of anything. He, he's, he's a nobody. He's just a rancher. He's not right. in the hierarchy. But he is smarter than you think. He's not to be underestimated. He can put things together. And at the end of the day, he wound up putting a very powerful piece in the hands of someone who ultimately could turn the tide. And of course that's Thrawn. Right. Um, and by the way, the way he <laughs> I don't know why I thought this was so entertaining, but like when he's talking with his cousin, like Bulba on the calm. Yes. Like Bulba. Yeah. What the like, are we going with Pokemon <laughs> names now? Like like Bulba. So I mean, Bulba, just Bulba. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like Bulba. Hey, like Ivy. Hey, like Vina. <laughs> But, Seriously, uh, man. But like they're talking. It's like, well, could, could you just get this to throw on to me? It's like, yeah, well, we could overnight it. It's like, have you looked at the prices of overnight? <laughs> I'm trying hilarious. to save the world, but I am on a budget here. 
<laughs> what, you can't just like rush ship it air, you know, like one day air to me? Have you seen the rates on this? Do you think it's actually secure to do it that? Okay, just send it ground, all I right? Would, if they I crush would have the package, to sell one of my cows to pay for that. You balls. <laughs> you I just balls. remember the name of them. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm sending it ground. If they send it, if they stomp on it and crush the box, it's not up to me. You got to put in an insurance claim. And by the so, way, his daughter is kind of sadistic with those poor little cow things. She likes to shock the living crap out of them and then just laugh about it with her da- with his, her dad. It's yeah, she's creepy. just having a good old time. Yeah. She's she's a simple girl with her cat with her. Uh, what do they call that? Um, brass oh. tooth something. Yeah. It's like I not, don't know. Now, don't forget to change the setting to stun, because last time you did that, you did it too hard, and she couldn't walk right for like two days. If you put <laughs> it on level 12, they'll disintegrate. How many times do I have to tell you this, girl? You got to put it on stun, all right? These things <laughs> okay, are more powerful dude. than a blaster. Come on now. Well, but when I did it the first time, he sure... No, hold on. Well, but uh, when I did it the first time, he didn't ever done do anything again. And the yeah, whole herd yeah, listened to me. Well, he didn't do anything again because you basically disintegrated his back legs. I had to shoot him, okay? Made some what good What do you think we're though. eating right mm-hmm. now? We're eating you, ball. You killed him. Oh, I don't know why, but like I imagine those little shock batons being like the uh, first order trooper shock batons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, later on we we have uh, we have Lac- Lacfro actually using two of those, and I just yeah. I just think of like a Wild West holsters, and he like spins uh-huh. them in his hands, and like <laughs> anyway. Um, so the Agbui come to to Selwis, and there's there's a long story here where Yomi and um, I, I just Yopanek. Yopanek and, and Yomi kind of lead them around the galaxy. They, they go to see bird migrations and stuff. Yeah. But the Agbui, you know, Jixtus comes for a status report. He's like, you got like three weeks, dude, right. or we, we may or may not kill you and all your people. Uh, he's like, oh, crap. Uh, what am I going to do? Oh, yeah. Kill Yomi. That's what I'm going to do. Well, uh, I'm actually, I was actually forgot about it, but... Um, who was his uh, his accomplice here? Because we had, they weren't family, uh, you know, but they they portrayed themselves as like husband, wife, and child. Didn't um, the child just seem kind of weird to you? Like, what was they, the they purpose? really didn't say much about him at all? Really, like, interacted with the farmer's daughter, and that's about it. Yes, that yeah, very true. Anyway, I was can't it find Thyclo? her name. It wasn't Thyclo, was it? No, Thyclo was the speaker of the myth family. Oh, that's right. That's it's right. funny how I remember that kind of crap. Um, Shimkiff. No, not Shimkiff. Uh, that's actually... Is sound- it Shimkiff? Well, they, they all have very similar names. Everybody in this book has similar names aside from Thrawn. Like, yeah. you realize how isolated Thrawn is because nobody else, like, sounds like him? Right. Anyway. Mo- most of their names are all just offshoots of each other, like Lacro, Lacris. Yeah, uh, very, Lac-Bulba. very true. Well, and even even just in the family, we're not even talking about in the, yeah. in the same, like, actual, like, blood family. But anyway, so... The 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 Agbui come to the planet. They give the the counselor this jewel or this little brooch, very valuable material. Have to figure out more. Um, but in the memories we get throughout this uh, throughout this journey, 
basically the Agbui getting very angry, not having a good time. Yomi doesn't allow anyone to touch her. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get the, that whole cloud journal thing, which was pretty cool. The artwork and journal, yeah. or the journal and artwork, which was really, really cool. Don't look at it. It's private. So anyway, Yomi is actually killed. Um, I don't she, really understand how she figured out they're telepathic, other than just one be, little slip up. But like she talked like she knew from the beginning. Because she's smart. That's the thing. Is like the Chiss put together these things, and the Agbui are not that smart. Yeah, they're not no, that they're not. smart. Okay, I don't think that they're. I think that they were a dumb choice for this mission. But it seems to be at the end, Jixtus kind of also knows this. He's like, right. I knew. I knew this wasn't going to, you know, whatever. But anyway, so Yomi figures all of this out, and she is actually poisoned. The The female Agbui poisons her, um, and she, she kind of feigns, like, a test and happily makes a mistake of, like, touching her. Mm-hmm. And she, she puts so much of of uh, an emotion of hate toward him that he literally recoils and she yeah. notices that. And this is this is the other thing too and and I want to talk about this a little bit. <clears throat> Chiss society is so comfortable in their own overall superiority that they just feel safe. And this mm. this seemed to parallel some very interesting times in in our world history like I mean, to be honest, the most recent I would probably say is like the British Empire, mm-hmm. you know, up until like, well, I mean, in really even through the 50s, because there's there's still a lot of British influence in like South Africa. But like, you know, the British w- weren't out of India, I think it was until the 50s and, the, and you know, the stuff with Hong Kong um, and, and just a lot of places, and the British traveled. They, you know, they, they still had this sort of like grand year of travel idea that the Americans really lost. Yeah. Really, after the Great Depression, because that was that was a big thing for you know somewhat wealthier families to take um, to take these years abroad. I mean, look at uh, well, Titanic. So Titanic right. rose. That's right. kind of what a lot of that was. Uh, she was doing. And so you go to visit all of these different places and you feel safe in the superiority of your, of your home base, of your country, of your ascendancy. And even at this, yeah, in your status, because well, nothing, nothing's going to happen to me, but you just realize the evil plan of an evil being and you've, you've accused him all this stuff and you know that he knows that you know and he kills her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if you played that a little smarter. You were smart enough to figure it out, but not <laughs> smart enough to not get killed. <laughs> and the interesting thing about that is, is that that seems to be something that I would have drove at as an Agbui. The overconfidence of the Chiss. Mm-hmm. Not the family thing. You, you drive yeah, at the overconfidence the of the Chiss. Because at the end of the day... They're still going to look at themselves as one people. Yes, they have their family feuds, but the Egbui thought that that would just tear the chiss apart, and it's not—it's never going to. Yeah, I, I mean, y- you would probably—you would probably have some infighting and so forth. But if you—if you plan for the overconfidence of the chiss, I think you would be better able to override them because, like I said, you lured these two 
reasonably well off. I mean, they were what uh, what family were they from? Kodio, I think it was. Yes. Yeah, the the, Co- the yep. Kodio, which are you know one of the forty. They're mm-hmm. kind of aligned with the um, with the Zodlac, uh, and then by proxy, the Eurizi. Um, but for them to be that confident is insane. Like by our standards, it's like it's like the old adage: don't don't let that stranger in your car. Are you flipping nuts? Right. I mean, they only have a chainsaw. It's cool. I and mean, I'm they were sorry. cutting wood. The ag buoy come off extremely, extremely creepy and fake to me. And dude, I would have hunted hap leaf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would have gotten rid of him day one. And I think that's something that reading the book you wouldn't get because in the audible. He does a great job of just kind of showing how creepy and fake he is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of that, you know, we talk about like movieisms and stuff. And I think that might be a little bit of an audiobookism. But at the same token, the honey words and everything. And then the constant, dude, the touching. Yeah. Don't flipping touch. I, I would have literally grabbed his hand and been like, don't touch me or. Right. I will cut that finger off. It's like, I don't care if this is your <laughs> culture's way of saying goodbye or hello or whatever it was, a sign of friendship. It's like, yeah. okay, you can have your sign of friendship, but if it makes me uncomfortable, no. Well, just, yeah. just, just understand personal space a little bit. Right. And, and I think even the Ag Bowie were overly confident in their own abilities too, but it just... To be honest with you, months of just having this dude brush my head, I, I, I would have been gone. I would be like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this crap. And it just, it Yopanek is a simple guy. Mm-hmm. He's just a really simple dude, and he, in his own way, he wants to know people. He has ambitions, but he's, he's nobody. Right. I'm honestly he, more surprised that he didn't end up getting killed instead of Yomi. Of course, Yomi's smart enough to figure it out, but I feel like Yopanex is just the kind of guy who would have wandered into some secret meeting that true. they were having. Yeah. And, oh, sorry, got to get rid of you. You get the freeze from, oh! If I don't move, they won't see me. What, what, oh, you saw me. Oh, crap. No, it'd be more one of those things like he would walk into the meeting, not understand what's going on at all, and happily <laughs> be like, oh, no, you realize that I'm an evil guy. It's like, wait, you're evil? No, that doesn't make sense. No, wait. no, let me explain it so I can kill you. Wait, man. What? what? Hold on. I had some of that spice, and then we had that nectar earlier, and I just don't know what's going on. <laughs> he just he he just walks in on like half leaf dragging Yomi's body to the airlock. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on, man? Yomi is uh, just very tired. Half leaf. She wants some open air. Oh, cool space or air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's it's interesting. So, Yopanek, though, is Hapleaf's sort of Liaison, introduction. In a way. Yeah. Well, it, it's his Which introduction into... how he has any pole in his family whatsoever. Well, it, again, it's, it's a chiss, and they're aligned family-wise. So, uh, the, the problem with chiss society is they tolerate too alien of their own people in a way too when you think about it. their family well, at least true but they tolerate aliens but they don't let aliens get close and that was H- Hapleaf's whole problem but with an introduction 
you have a little bit more trust and then you do the prodding. But I mean, this counselor would have never talked to, to right. the ag buoy without an introduction. Like they don't even let um, Hapleaf touch any <sighs> of the technology of the Chiss when he's on the farm. Like right, communicators, yeah. special instructions. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, to advance the story a little bit, uh, the ag buoy are sent to Lackfro's uh, farm to, you know, farm some crappy land that he has. And uh, uh, do you remember the the name of the uh, aide? I think I had that pulled up uh, here. It's another lack name. <laughs> it's always a lack name. Uh, lack jib. Lack jeep. And yeah, lack jeep is, uh, God, what a terrible person. Very She's eager. Very mean. Well, very she, mean person. She, she's very mean. She's very dismissive. Um, she's very aristocratic in a weird way because, again, she's on this backwater planet with no real status in the family. Yeah, she's but an like assistant. The whole you know. point of that planet is it's a farming planet, and you look down on your farmers. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, th- there's an air of, of aristocracy. I mean, it's the aristocracy, remember? There's an right. air of, of that aristocracy in the chist that even at the bottom level, it, it's, it's almost like a, it's like a weird caste system where you're constantly looking down on the person below you. Like even, even our rancher might look down at, I don't know, the guy who's doing waste control or something. The rancher is probably making more than this aid, but just because of the family well. status, the aid is just superior in every way. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but anyway, so they're there, you know, yeah, they exchange some jewelry to thank, you know, the farmer, which is, you know, not, and again, like his thought process, even when they gave this gift, he's like, this is too much. This is weird. (laughs) What's not even just that. He's like, are you bribing me? Right. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're using this as, as a charm, as a bribe. And he's like, even this rancher sees right through it which is which is amazing that's that's why that's why i like them that's that's why i like they wrote that uh that zon wrote this way so anyway uh do we know the name of the metal um i really want to know the name of this metal now i'm I'm kind of i'm kind of annoyed that i don't remember oh goodness do can i find that really quickly uh nyx nyx so Nyx, um, essentially to move this sort of story slightly along, the Agbui, there are more of them, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, and they bring in more Nyx and jewelry and stuff. Oh, yeah, they totally made this, you know, on their long flight from our mine of Nyx, uh, and we have no value on it. We just make jewelry because it's invaluable that or it's not valuable. was my least favorite part of the book. That was such a stupid, half-assed story that he came up with. It was kind of dumb. It's yeah. like, at what point do you realize the Chiss are not that stupid? Like, did you come up with it on the spot, or did you and, actually and, think this through, and that was your excuse? Oh, well, our pilots get bored, and they all know how to make it. It might not be right. as high quality, but we'll take care of that. It's warranted. 
Yeah, and and I think with with Lacuvive, th- this is this is a story device, and I don't think it would have actually worked in Chiss society if it, if we were talking about like real world, which isn't real. Obviously, it's just fiction. But Lacuvive obviously wants to take the mine for mm-hmm. for the uh, Zodlac, which actually does make sense. But the oh, the, yeah. the 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 fire in his eyes and and the not really checking things out because even in the beginning he had suspicions of all this and it's just like mm-hmm. he just forgot yeah are are you that no nah, I mean come on are you that greedy um, yeah so anyway this is where Yopanek actually comes back with his history and kind of wins a little bit of favor and says yeah like you know you can just like call a family emergency right and like call Zodlax back and and they'll just come and they'll like man your old you know crappy ship that you can't fly because you're not like a ruling family man man Hapleaf where's the spice man <laughs> where's it at so and that's kind of where we where we're going to leave that just for the moment um What uh, God? Where do we want to pick back off? Because like, it, so much of the story was concerning that kind of line. I mean, well, let's talk, throw on in the pirates. Yeah, yeah, sure. The uh, the patatas. So this rumor that was started that eventually since thrown out is to the patatas homeworld that they were making an alliance with uh, with pirates and that they were going mm-hmm. to reattack the chiss and no. That's not how I read the situation. I need to work on the Thrawn voice. I don't have that down yet. I need. No, I need to. They will I not need to get- do this for another generation. Although their generations are-, are short, around twenty years, yeah. we scared the ever-loving crap out of them, and there's no way they'll attack us. I'm trying to think of those things. What do I call like buzz buttons that are supposed <laughs> to like? <laughs> yeah. A- yeah. Anyway, that might help a little bit. So, or even get a little drunk. I guess. I, I don't think I slur my speech, so I, I don't think I have to be ridiculously few... tired. Yeah, there you go. And you need to smoke out of a pipe. Yeah, I guess. Get a little smoker voice. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Interesting voice. Well, no, talk unique. with the pipe in your mouth as well. Ah, I see. Makes <laughs> sense. Well, when Thrawn gets to the Patatas homeworld, uh, he and the, the prince have this um, conversation and. Prince is actually pretty smart too. There's a lot of a lot of smart cookies and basically they're they're sort of being held hostage by the um my, I just forgot our our crappy bad guy's name from the first uh, book. Um <laughs> just Yiv. Yiv the benevolent. No, but what are what is what are they called? I mean, that's the uh, main guy. God. I keep wanting to say Nihil, but <laughs> not the Nihil. The Nick Cardoon. Nick Cardoon. Yeah, there we go. I can Nick see Cardoon Dynasty or, or we did kind of get are. a little drop from Nihil a bit in this book. I kind of yeah. wonder if you caught that. I hope it's not going to flesh out at all in the next book. No, I don't. I don't want to be terrible and talk about Nihils. So yeah, the the Nick Cardoon. Some of the remaining uh, cell is is basically holding a uh, gunship to the prince's ship. Through a you know long convoluted deal, we're we're able to kill the remaining Nick Cardoon, which of course the Patatas just ruthlessly destroy. Which, to be honest, was kind of <laughs> it was hilarious to me. It, it was like Timothy Zahn's final, like you know what? I really don't like the Nick Cardoon at all. I really <laughs> regret writing them. Let's just make sure <laughs> that we're clearly never going to see them again. 
Well, the the, the patatas the are chis, kind of the chis are actually not that violent. They're actually more into the True. tactics of disabling their enemies. They really don't want to destroy you unless you give them no choice. Even down to their battle laws, to where they have to wait to be attacked. It's yeah, just kind yeah, of for sure. fleshed out in their DNA in a way. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the, the Patanas even have a little bit of re- respect now for for the Chiss, so that's that's kind of good. Although, going don't they forward. end up kind of almost half attacking them at the end anyway? Well, well, no, not not really. It was just kind of it was kind of a tense sort of standoff because the, the Patanas are are conquerors in their own right. And and if, and this was Thrawn's thing. It's like even though we beat them back, eventually they will try later because that's just in their genetics. Right. That's just that's just how it will pass on, and it's gonna take seventeen to twenty five years. Yeah. But eventually they will try again. That's just who they are. And I got um, all of this from one piece of art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are all just so stupid. Uh, let's stop here and talk about one of my sticking points. How long do you think it takes somebody to form trust? Well, which race are we talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, are you, you talking meet about certain... us or certain alien races? Yeah, well, but, you, you know, you, you meet certain people and you have, okay, we can be friends. But sometimes it does take a little while to trust people with your deepest, darkest secrets. I think it depends it on does... the person a little bit. Not necessarily the person choosing to trust, but the person that they are choosing to trust. Yeah, true, but let's say this person has proved time and time and again that not only are they much smarter than you, but they will always take care of you and the rest of the people around them, no matter what, and that they're pretty much always right. Are we Would getting you into wind a conversation up about person? Mr. Buzzkill that you don't like? <laughs> well, okay, so Mid-Captain Simacro was formerly in charge or in command of the Springhawk. He was obviously supplanted by Thrawn. Thrawn now commands the Springhawk as a senior captain. Simacro is his first, first officer. My problem with Simacro is it's beginning to get far too tedious for me to continually, to, to continually have him constantly questioning everything over and over again but being far too slow to recognize things when you should be quicker now even carol who who uh was he the junior captain or or like was he like a lieutenant command i can't remember but carol who was kind of in command right below mid captain uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I just, I can't remember, I can't remember what he, uh, I don't want to look him up. He was, he was nobody. Really. I don't like Carol, so I don't care. <laughs> well, he's, he's kind of a jerk, but the thing is, is at least he sort of started to recognize. Well, no, it's, skill. it's not. Yeah, true. But he, he was able to recognize patterns at times. Well, yes, like he, too. he was able to like recognize things as it may not as near as quick as Thrawn, but like after Thrawn lays him out, he's like, Oh yes, mm-hmm. that's totally cool. But Samacro's Samacro's always back here. Like, are you sure? You're not, it's not gravelly enough. Not gravelly yeah, enough. I don't think I can get it any, any better right now, but you know, it's like he, he's, he's just constantly, constantly, constantly going back and forth with Thrawn and Thrawn's just like, yes, that's totally what I want. Stop it. That's the new Thrawn voice. Anyway, I, I think just... the weird thing about Samacro, and again, I kind of like him in a way just because how 
I mean, he is all for his people. He cares about them quite a bit. And sure. You can tell that he actually took his job very seriously before it was completely stolen from him. But I think the weird thing with him is Thalius and Thrawn. Like, it's very clear he doesn't like Thrawn, but he's super protective against Thalius and Thrawn. Like, there's a almost too big of a portion of this book dealing with all that. Like, them having their little conversations. And well, well Samacro thinks she's a spy. Right. And I also think he secretly wants to kiss her on the mouth. Oh, you think that's what it is? <laughs> Thalius the spy. <laughs> kind of like to kiss her, though. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that... Um, I understand his suspicions of Thalius because obviously she was brought under... Brought in under very strange circumstances. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even officially a caregiver until much later. He even plants that little stupid lie that he thinks will get her in trouble. But really, she never says anything. So he's like, maybe she's not a spy. No, she's just biding her time. And mm-hmm. she's going to, f- when she does, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something about What's it. What's my job here? I don't know what my job is anymore. <laughs> You know, I, I'm I'm gonna do, uh, I'm I'm gonna do something about I'm good, this. I'm gonna protect Thrawn while secretly wishing that he just dies. That's what I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna protect Thrawn, who's Thalius protect Thrawn, and Thrawn's protecting somebody else. And Cheery's over here doing four stuff. And I'm but like Thalius kind of is good with with Cheery because like if she figured out his, her sleep schedule and like that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah. and stuff and like. Why hasn't yeah. anyone ever thought of the sleep schedule of the Skywalkers? And I just don't get anything. I'm confused. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, I, uh, I don't hate Samacro, but I'm just, I, I get a little irritated when you constantly have this overly chatty sort of constantly questioning bridge crew. And, and a lot of the bridge and honestly, crew. There's probably seems quite to... a few of them that would be the same way. It's just one of those things like Samacro is extremely loyal and. There's no question that he will always be there for Thrawn. But you do wonder, like, how much of it is jealousy and how much of it is just thinking that he's not following guidelines and protocols and actually doing what he's supposed to be doing, you know? Well, I think under any other commander, he wouldn't be on that ship anymore. Yeah. Because... He questions him quite a bit for being yeah, a first I, officer. I mean, even if it were like, if it were like Aralani, for example, like... Um. Uh, oh, what is her? Wutro, who Which is, is um one of my favorite characters, by the way. Wutro is awesome. <laughs> yeah, she she's funny. So she, yeah, she is the senior captain of the Vigilant under Aralani because they run by like old Navy rules, where technically like Aralani would be like um oh uh like a Commodore in the British yeah. Navy, where they'd have you know they'd have other captains under them type of stuff and like a captain running the ship or, you know, even admirals would have potentially they, I mean, they would, they'd have a captain running the ship. Mm-hmm. So, so Aralani's in command, but Wutro is the senior captain. So she would, she's right. doing the day to day. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think under any other captain or, uh, whatever, 
he wouldn't be able to get or I mean even with like Wutro, if 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 oh, yeah. he was mid captain under Wutro, I don't think Wutro, even with her sense of humor, would take that for very long. Mm-hmm. Um but Thrawn's very patient. I think he sees something in in Samacro that he feels is vital to the running of the ship, which I think he would be correct about. Mm-hmm. You know, so well, again, anyway, he, do, he does have quite a bit of pull with the crewmates. I mean, he's gained most of their respect, so I think that is well, valuable. He, he was Thrawn. there with them before he commanded yeah. them, so yeah, yeah, for sure. And we actually Definitely. do get some moments that are interested. I forget his name, but there's someone who goes up and talks to Samakros, like, hey, do you think that Thrawn's kind of just doing this because of politics? Because, like, you're having me fire on my own family, and I don't really like this. Yeah, that was, the, like, that was Lieutenant no. Commander. Um, I had him pulled up here at some point. I, I probably I probably don't have it, or I probably can't find it readily enough. But yeah, it, that, was, that was like a, a Lieutenant Commander yeah. who was also a part of the, um, the uh, Zodlac. Yeah, but family. I thought that was kind of a cool moment, like showing how much he cares about the people under him and... It was kind of funny in a way. It's like, no, you don't have to worry about because Thrawn is awful with politics. Like, he is the worst person I've ever seen with politics. Yeah, yeah no doubt, no doubt. Um, okay. So, we have our pirate thing dealt with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we eventually get back to... Do we get back? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the sequence of events. So, Aralani and... Um, and the Grey Shrike do go back to Sunrise at one point, and mm-hmm. they encounter that warship again, but this time they, they are able to defeat it. And then they do find people on the planet, on the planet's surface, they're mining. So connecting the dots of everything, the actual Agbui mining planet is false. There's nothing there. Right. The the metal is actually from sunrise. It's from this, you know, this mysterious conquered planet and all the jewelry was actually made by the magus's people, Mm -hmm. which is why Thrawn wakes her up. We talked about that a little while ago. He shows her the piece of jewelry and like, yes, this is from the Southern province. They're really good artists. Her, her voice was grating. Thankfully she didn't have too many lines. Um, and they were all super dramatic, like, no, no, I just have to die. Yeah, exactly. Die! I have to die! Thrawn, why don't you I don't care understand? what you say. I don't like logic. I have to die. Yeah, I mean, what what don't you get about this? I'm going to totally kill myself now. <laughs> so, anyway, um, again, the dots, the dots begin to interconnect, and Thrawn actually receives from the rancher... From the rancher's daughter, from the rancher's daughter to the rancher, to the cousin, to uh, Lakuvi, or uh, no, um, oh, who is our other ca- uh, Carol senior captain? Carol gave it to him, right? Did Carol no. give it to him? Hold, hold on a second. No. Oh, no. The it, it went to the Lakinda, so it went mm-hmm. to Lakinda, and then to her mid-captain, who took control of the Greyshrike, because Lakinda is going to head the Zodlac family's 
force to go get the mine. So the mid captain comes around to see Thrawn and he is like super duper professional. And honestly, Mm -hmm. he seems like he should probably be a senior captain somewhere. (laughs) No offense to Lakenda. She's fine. But the mid captain seems like crazy professional. And then, so then the brooch gets to Thrawn who takes it to the magus. And that's where we conclude our story. (laughs) Which seems like super... Super exhausting considering how Hapleaf's just like, hey, you have a brooch, you have a brooch, you have yeah. a brooch. Just throwing them all out. Yeah, but but to connect the dots, so the Agbui were using the metal and the jewelry that was made by the people of Sunrise to bribe the, the Chiss. They didn't know how to work with it. They weren't making it. They were just stealing it. The, the jewelry that they had pre-made was already pre-made, and you know they just had fibers that they weren't doing anything with. And um, that was the lure to the planet that was supposedly a mine. Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't. So Thrawn is then sent on another wild goose chase, which winds up being a trap by Jixus, which, again, he seems kind of lame, too, because his his, uh, trap with the... um, Do we remember what their species was called? Uh, let me see if I can't find that because I doubt, I doubt I'm going to find this stupid. It started with a W if you remember correctly. You probably, (laughs) you don't remember it either, do you? No, I don't. It's, it's fine. I mean, it's exhausting uh, how much there is to remember. It's like the, the white, the white teeth, white, white teeth or something like that. I think that's what it was. Sure. Well, We'll go with that if you're confident. It, it looks familiar. <laughs> but anyway, so these Waititith were like being attacked by a bunch of sh- gunboats, your favorite. Um, yeah. And Thrawn basically, you know, well, actually, no. Okay. So they were, tra- they, they were attacked by a first set of gunboats. They mm-hmm. defeat those gunboats. Then they're like, hey, we've got to go to this other place where there's totally like an orbital weapons platform and it's like super bad pirate dudes. And then they go there and then they're attacked again. But then at this point, Thrawn and everybody else basically knows like, yeah, so there's no weapons platform, we're pretty sure. And these aren't pirates. And you are totally controlling all these ships because you're the, you're the, you know, the, the bad person here. Um, and they like catch fast, like, well, there were 20 people. <laughs> 20 and there people, were 20, 20 of those yeah. ships. And those people seem like they would have some piloting knowledge. So, yeah. Well, and they also found that there wasn't any, any like bodies, bodies or anything yeah. from the destroyed ships. It, again, these, these plans just seem so half brained, you know? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you at least think ahead enough to stuff a body in there? Like, well, it's like, it's like the coyote. You know, in the in the cartoons, coyotes like constantly getting stupid products, and like the woodpecker always, you know, or roadrunner, not road woodpecker, runner. the roadrunner always outsmarts him. It's like, come on, dude. Yeah. All right. So. Oh yeah. So this is where the Gray Shrike comes around, and they, they, <laughs> they bring these automated gunboats, and then the. Watith uh, ship with them. They interrogate them, which probably means they might have tortured them. I don't know. I don't know what goes on. Could you just imagine Thrawn being your interrogator? Any chiss, really. Those are some terrifying eyes. 
Even if it was the little girl on the farm planet. <laughs> Actually, sorry. that might be worse. I'm sorry. Have you ever seen one of these? <laughs> I don't know. You know who I think would be the most terrifying? Cheery, if she had force powers and could just choke you. Could you imagine Cheery looking you in the eye while choking you? Oh, my God. I'd well, give up all my if secrets. You, if you don't give me what I want, then I'm going to have to make you. And what I want <laughs> is chicken nuggets. Just just sipping on like a little juice packet. <laughs> you know, I thought that was kind of funny with a little yeah. juice packet, you know. There was, one, <laughs> there was one thing. It's like, okay, well, do you want Cheery? Do you want to, you know, navigate for a little bit longer? Or do you want to <laughs> eat now? It's like, it depends. Depends on what? <laughs> what you're making. Yeah, I, I, their interactions are really cute. As, yeah, Cheery's would you like awesome. A, would you like another juice packet? <laughs> it's, it's just constantly about these juice packets. It's like, here, have a juice packet. Thank you. Where'd you even get that? <laughs> and she just pulls out like her go-go gadget juice <laughs> packet jacket, you know? The only thing that would be uh, better than that. I got that the hookup. The only thing that would be better than that is like she just brought a case of little hugs. On a ship, like, Jerry, you want a little hug? Do you want blue? Do you want red? What do you want? I'll take the one that's, well, they all just taste like sugar. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> do you, would, you, would, you, would you like a little sandwich? <laughs> would you like you a just, lunchable? lunchable? Just, just ha- ham-fisting a sandwich and a juice packet there. Just, <laughs> nom, 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 just, don't, just don't get it on the console, okay? Just don't get it on the console. Oh, man. Okay, so we realize that not only are the Zodlaks heading to this planet, but we have two other, uh, two other, plan- uh, two other families, and I'm not going to find those oh, family there's names. there's no way. There's not no way. Find them. But, they're, but two you, other- they're aligned with the Urizi and the, oh, what was the third... Oh, dude, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, the, it, it the, wasn't... The families we have are all from the 40, but they're all aligned... With ruling families, you have well, one aligned yeah, with the myth, it, one right, really sure. easy, and I can't. No, nah, the, there wasn't one aligned with the myth. I can tell you that much. But there wasn't a myth it, one. No, there there wasn't. What was the other one then? I, I I don't I don't remember what their names were. Yeah. They were they were nobodies. It doesn't matter. We'll never probably hear from them again. But the, there were there were three families. One of them was the Zodlak. Let's just put it that way. The, we and I only know that because Lukenda. Yeah. Got the summons and she went to command the their big uh, their big frigate. Um, so this is the plan in motion. There's the potential that they're going to fight it out. Well, Thrawn has this plan to. I'll be honest with you. It, let Let's talk about the plan, and then I will talk about an actual plan. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Did you analyze so he, it and think of a better plan. I mean, I, I don't. I can't say it would be a better plan because, like, I don't. I don't know all the little idiosyncrasies of the chist, but yes, I, I could definitely talk about a better plan, but let's just hold off on that. So instead, he has his folks pack into the, uh, the, the Watith ship and control the, these gunboats to attack everybody. It's like, oh, we're being attacked. Oh, we're the Springhawk down, Springhawk down, help us. And so they have this whole somewhat convincing fight and then the culmination, because Lukinda effectively got to Thrawn, which I don't know. It, it is what it is, but 
uh, and I'll okay. Let me just continue with with the my tra- the actual train of the story. Lucinda mm-hmm. does get a hold of Thrawn because oh he doesn't know politics all this good stuff, and then she's relieved of command. But basically the the gist is, is that we have to effectively destroy the mine. So the idea is to throw the ship at the mine, but we can't control it. So here's where we get to a little cool part. They are targeting the lasers, and this is where we start to get into some Star Trek stuff, because they actually explain the reason why you can even see the lasers is all the particulates in space basically mm-hmm. interacting with the beam. And we, we, we sort of had this on, the, on one of our former planets where we had a little mock battle, and they were tuning to the frequency of the dust to make it look really right. bright, but it wasn't really actually hurting anybody because it wasn't tuned to the hole. Right. Star Trek crap right there, mm-hmm. okay? Just get that out of here. Can't explain things too much. But anyway, so they're putting like little micro laser pulses to try and get the ship to move but mm-hmm. so it'll look somewhat natural. Um, but they can't do the last move because if everything's recorded, yada, yada, yada. So Thrawn wants to use Cheery's third sight ability to effectively change what will happen. Now, the way Thalius lays this out is that we navigate through space with third sight, which is just seeing a few seconds in front of us to navigate. And effectively, I guess, how would you best describe this? Like, I I don't remember the exact words, but to just nudge to a path so things won't happen. Right. But what they're doing here is they're using third sight to make something that wasn't going to happen or, or to stop something negative from happening. So instead Which, of just the way they ex- explain that, it's like, it's really not that different when you think about it. It's just doing the same thing. It's like, no, it's not. It's really yeah. not at all. <laughs> no, and, and yeah. So basically what Cheery is doing is changing the future as opposed to just seeing the future. Yeah, she's using a super convoluted version of the Force, essentially. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's yeah. It's kind of cool in a way, and it brings in a lot of potential for the Skywalkers to be super pivotal from now on. But like, Maybe. Like, I don't know if they explained it well enough for it to... This well, book well, explains here... everything in such great detail, and I feel like they just completely glossed over this. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. So what Cheery is doing on a micro scale is what Anakin was doing when he was pod racing. Right. But what she's doing is like 10 times more enhanced because she's actually navigating through the chaos, which I think if a Jedi knew about that, they could also potentially do it too. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe from the High Republic, but... <laughs> <laughs> But I'm yeah. just saying that I feel like a good enough Jedi who is concentrating enough could do... And, and Vader did. Mm-hmm. Vader did that in the... Um, I believe it was book two of the prior Thrawn series. So it has happened and it can happen. Anakin can do this. Um, but the Skywalkers being young and malleable, they just do it instinctively. But what Cheery is doing is literally changing a predetermined point in history. Mm-hmm. What has already happened, she is changing it. And I, we, I don't really think we, at least in canon, we don't see this. And, and that's why it is so, it, it brings a lot of very kind of scary possibilities. Because think about this. Mm-hmm. Think about if the emperor knew how to do that. 
it's almost too he powerful. He would always of be a one step ahead. It's literally too powerful of a concept. I feel like they're kind of <laughs> I don't know if I'm okay with it. Well, the other thing, though, too... Because it can get super convoluted and kind of just ruin things, and you talk about power scaling and everything. Now you're essentially saying that every Jedi is just a piece of crap because we have this one child who can just change the future. Technically change the present, in a way. Well, but... But... Cheers, kid. And she loses the ability after a certain amount of time, so it doesn't really matter in the long run. But children in general learn faster and learn better at young ages than adults do. It's like when you talk about uh, a kid learning an instrument, it's best to start them off extremely young because they can pick it up a lot faster. And I think that even like younglings could display a lot of different cool powers that maybe they take for granted or don't accentuate as much because their minds are a little bit more closed as an adult. Cheery Mm -hmm. being just this kid in the prime of her navigation skills, her mind is open, and Thrawn is saying that she can do it. Right. And she trusts Thrawn. So for, for, from my standpoint, I think it's, it's, slight, it's, it's not necessarily the same, but at the same time, they also point out the potential pitfalls. Like what could happen to Cheery? What could happen in general? Mm-hmm. And then even when Cheery does this, she's in like a pseudo-trance state for a while, and who knows if she's okay. She right. might not be okay in book three yeah, because of that. And there could be some consequence for her making this infinitesimal little tiny movement that helped the ship, you know, this enemy ship look like it was actually manned and then destroys the mine on the planet. So I don't know. It, it's, it's an interesting concept, but I, I, I doubt we'll see like a ton more of that to be honest. I would honestly hope not because I feel like it would just be... It'd be a lot. It'd, it'd be a cheat. You, you could write yourself into a corner and just use that to get out, and it would be... The plot holes would be ridiculous. I don't... I, I just... I think it would be, like, one of those limited things, though. I don't think you could continue to do it. Like, I don't think you... I think it would... I think it would probably fry a, a Force-sensitive's brain, yeah. eventually. I mean, it's essentially, like, <clears throat> our little mini light-speed jumps through a ship it's like yeah you can do it but you're dead so like (laughs) right it's an option but it's not a good option yeah yeah for sure for sure so anyway um this averts our civil war Mm -hmm. uh hapleaf is killed by the the rancher lacfro which to be honest i wish he (laughs) well it wasn't as awesome because i wish lacfro would have just beat the crap out of him oh yeah yeah I mean, Hapleaf apparently this, knows the choke, like the Gollum choke maneuver, and it's super effective against people. I don't, I don't know. I thought it was kind of dumb, but yeah. So, Hapleaf is killed uh, and left behind. Oh, we didn't even talk about Kilori, the the old navigator from the first book from the from the oh, Pathfinder's yeah. Guild. Yeah, which he's, is the he's same back. race as um, the first dude that Mando goes after. Got the little fin things. Mm. I think he is. I might be wrong there, but by the description, and I think his race was mentioned at some point. I could be wrong. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't think he's the same species, but yeah, I mean, they do talk a lot about the uh, <laughs> the 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 little yeah, the, 
the fi- his, his little fins. face things. Yeah. yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not sure. I don't actually think that they give his specific, uh, like what he what he is. Because if you just, like, if you notice, like the the accent that he uses for him, it is pretty much spot on with that. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's coincidental, um, because he's just he's just Kilori of Andualan, but they don't really they don't really say what he is. Because Anduallen is an entity; it's not a, it's mm-hmm. not a species. So I, I don't think we've we've really defined what he is. But Kilori is basically uh, recruited by Jixtus. Um, he is Hapleaf's navigator, and uh, he eventually his job is to find out for Jixtus how the Chiss move through hyperspace without navigators. So mm-hmm. his job is to figure out the Skywalker paradox, which Jixtus and his people don't know about. Um, but regardless, so Hapleaf is left behind. His other Agbui conspirators go away. Um, Hopefully never the counselor, again. Eh, We'll see. Hopefully where they're not. The counselor is relieved of his position after he imprisoned the um, the the patriel. Is that what they call the patriel or something like that? Patriel, yeah. yeah oh, and he, I guess one he, thing we kind of didn't mention: Thurfian in the background is kind of like setting himself up to be yeah, a speaker. I'm, I'm getting to it. Yeah, it's it's like at the very end of the book. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about Thurfian more. I just kind of wanted to get through the main plot. But the the main plot is is basically done at this point. Um, and we have almost this sort of like debrief, uh, mm-hmm. part yeah. of the book, which it honestly is, are some of my favorite parts of books. Like in the Harry yeah. Potter books, you have like debrief in Dumbledore's office after Harry was nearly killed like 50 times. Right. But you have this cool little, oh, I'm going to explain things kind of. Yeah. Hey, have a lemon drop and go pet Fox and get the hell out of here, kid. <laughs> go, go kick Malfoy out there. It's fun. Um, so anyway, we have a de- sort of a debrief, and uh, Thurfian, who was made pro- a syndic prime, so the head of the syndics of the myth family, is now given. <laughs> he's now the the. He's a patriarch. He he's he's now Don Corleone of of the myth family. Yeah, he's yeah. the patriarch of the family. So the patriarch that we met in the first book passed away. And Thurfian is given this position over everyone. The the the, the patriarchs they, they were all like, yeah, this is, we can't really get away. So cool. And even the speaker, who who you mentioned, the Thyclo, she even is like, yeah, you've been doing some good stuff. So yeah. you know, I don't really want to do it. I'm old. You, you know, I can't just like tell you who I'm friends with either. So which was funny. So. <laughs> He's the patriarch. And then his new assistant, this old dude, is like, so I don't like you very much. And I knew the patriarch didn't like you either. But hey, do you know about this cool super weapon that we know about? It's I'm weird. It's almost like you. It's almost like, well, you've been elected president. Now you get to know all the things that no one should ever know about. So what? about those alien so cheeks everybody ever. wants to clap in June. <laughs> God. 
Yeah, man, it, it, it it's kind of a trip. And I, and I will say this, I feel like, and you, you can disagree, I feel like Thurfian might become an ally to Thrawn. I could see that happening. Because, I mean, he's portrayed as such a... I don't know. Well, I don't, do, do you I, think... I've never hated Thurfian, even though he's against our main protagonist. But do you think he has, like, kind of a good reason for sort of being against Thrawn? Because Thrawn is risky, you know, and he's he not, like, a part of the crew. He doesn't see him constantly saving his people. He just knows that, like... Thrawn gets into a lot of stuff, and he kind of breaks our rules sometimes. He's so. too much of a risk for the family's well-being, I feel like, in Thurfian's eyes. We even get some moments where he, you know, they're super simple things. There's something about a a guy comes to him. It's like, hey, we got these trees, and they're kind of choking out our crops, and this oh, people right, yeah. are this people is saying that, oh, we own the trees, so... You can't cut them down, and we'll find you. It's like, well, hold on. I'm smart as crap. I know how to deal with this off the top of my head. This is how you fix it. It's just like, if he was a true antagonist, I feel like he'd be like, get away from me. This is be so below me. It's ridiculous. But he takes the time to take care of a fellow myth who's yeah. so below him. It's just outrageous. Yeah, And... It really shows his dedication to the family, which is one of the reasons I, in a way, still kind of like Samacro, because he does actually care about his people quite a bit, even though neither of them can see the value in Thrawn. Yeah, but, you know, you know Thurfian, Thurfian thinks for himself, and like you he said, does. I actually think he's a super smart guy. My problem yes. with Samacro is he's that not he just... Smart. He's well, not it's smart. not even that. He's okay, but I just feel like he doesn't learn. Like, he's just stopped learning. He's with this True. crazy smart commander guy who Lukenda even finally gives props to because she realizes that, oh, so it wasn't... That's Arlani's style, kind of. Well, yeah, well, he was like, yeah, it wasn't Arlani that Thrawn got all this from. Arlani just like adapted Thrawn's yeah. like way of thinking to her yeah. own. She still gives Arlani props, but at the same token, he's like, she's like, oh, nah, this is actually Thrawn. But like Samacro just never, it's not even about credit. He just doesn't learn fast enough. And I feel like he's one of those sticks in the mud. It's like, well, the old way of doing things, you know, back when we used to have sailing ships was, you know, we only used the jib boom for this. It's like, <laughs> What the hell are you talking about, man? This is oh, Starship. Yeah. This is a Starship Enterprise, okay? And the thing with Thurfian, like, he will always acknowledge what Thrawn does and how he does elevate yeah. the family status. But at the same time, he overanalyzes this. Like, well, yes, it helped our family quite a bit. But had he failed, we probably wouldn't even be part of the Nine anymore. Like, this is way too dangerous. I'm not going to see all this work that previous... Patriots and the patriarch of the family have done all this blood, sweat, and tears just yep. thrown away because we have a young zealot who thinks he's God, essentially, which, yep. of course, is Thrawn, so he, he basically can do no wrong. But Thurfian doesn't see that, obviously, and he's just trying to protect his family. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I don't really see him as evil. 
even Sestalmo all that much. I mean, they they're no. just they just don't trust someone taking that kind of risk. That's all it is. Yeah, and yeah, and that makes that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, like w- w- with Sestalmo, yeah, he's just he's just a couple steps behind most people. Right. That's okay. Um, and to be honest with you, I definitely think Lukinda is going to jump on the Arizi bandwagon oh, because the Zodlak hate her because she basically screwed up not getting this fake mine. And yeah. let me let me backtrack here and let's talk a little bit about this plan. And okay? looking back now, obviously the mine's a fake. So why is the family still angry? Well, and, <laughs> well, they, they don't know because it was like it was uh, you know there was something that hit it and we we can't find anything anymore. Uh, well, yeah, they clearly know now. Huh. They're clear and they're trying to like cover it up so nobody can talk about it. But here's the thing: so you have the ex- two expansionary force ships, the Grayshrike and the Springhawk. Thrawn comes in, two ships. Hey, guys. So we found out proof that this planet does not contain anything. Mm-hmm. How about you all send one representative down from each ship, and then I will be a neutral arbitrator, and then we will look at it. Oh, look, no metal. So we don't have to fight, and you should all just go back to your jobs, and we'll we all be cool. All chess. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like, doesn't yeah. that seem more reasonable than like than bringing in all these ships and battle. stuff? Yeah. I mean, it was, I guess it worked, but at the same time, two expansionary force ships or expansionary, uh, whatever, but uh, defense ships mm-hmm. come in, a res- two, you know, a respected senior captain, and uh, I mean, a very, seemingly a very good mid. I wish I would have the, I don't really want to figure out his name. Yeah. <laughs> Does that sound bad? Um, but yeah, but, like there's no one a part of this that's more than a mid captain. So Thrawn could easily just talk to these people. No one's above him. He's got nothing to worry about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lukenda's the only one who's on his level, and she's been relieved of uh, relieved of duty. Right. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just I'm just thinking it could have been done different, and I I just feel like it should have been done. Uh, okay. For the sake of a book, it should have been done the way it was, but in actuality, it would have sheared like, like an hour off of the book, and we would have had le- <laughs> one less thrown middle finger to everybody, essentially. <laughs> I studied this brooch that I was sent through multiple people, and it was determined to be a part of a planet called Sunrise. Right. I, I cannot mimic that voice. I don't think I can. I, I, we're going to have to do some offline practice in the mirror with that <laughs> one. You know, we'll try. That'll be that'll be our challenge for next week. Who can do the best Thrawn? Right. Um, so anyway, we're running pretty long here. We probably ought to start wrapping up. Uh, the only real thing of note, I think, past this is we do have a little bit of um, Bakif at the very end trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, nobody tells him the entire ship. Uh, Springhawk is all same story. And Bakif is not ready to talk to Thrawn about it yet, so we don't even get that, which kind of irritates really, me. Bakif is really in the background with this book, and it was kind of disappointing yeah. in a way. I love Bakif; yeah. he's awesome. <laughs> well, he he was he was yeah he was he was awesome, but he he was definitely in the background, which well, so was Arlani. But anyway, yeah. which I didn't really care for. But anyway, um, I don't know. I think that's about it of note right now. I mean, there was a final conversation between Jixus and Kilori, you know, go find mm-hmm. out how they navigate. 
I'm super scary. Um, you're held responsible for your own mistakes, not everyone else. So remember, you're held responsible for your own mistakes. Yeah. And if you don't understand what that means, it means I will rip your spleen out if you fail. My spleen? Just your spleen. <laughs> I might, I don't even have a spleen, I don't think. So, anyway, any other things of note that you want to talk about uh, from, uh, from our book here? I'm probably forgetting a bunch of moments I really enjoyed <laughs> with this book. Well, I think, I think we covered things. most of the big but things. But yeah, yeah. I, I'd say we've gone over enough. Okay. Well, folks, uh, that's it. Uh, have a good one. See ya. No, we got to do ratings. <laughs> we do books out of five. So what are you going to give this bad boy out of five? Out of five, I'm going to give this a 4.4. 4. Okay. I thought give, us that... your, give us your critical, critical review, Rotten <laughs> yeah, Tomatoes right. style. Yeah, unlike what we've just done. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, I mean, the story was very good. There was a couple of points that were kind of convoluted. I won't lie. Some of the stuff with Hapleaf got really, really exhausting very quickly. And our final battle with all these remote control ships, like you said, seemed a bit just over the top for what we're dealing yeah. with. It's like we're not dealing with enemies. We're dealing with other chips. Why are we going so overboard? But the only thing that kept me from going with a higher rating because... Voice acting for Audible is amazing. Storytelling's great. Thrawn's great as usual. All the main characters are great as usual. But the problem is there's not enough of those main characters. We get plenty of Thalius and Cheery. We get very little Thrawn. We get next to no Arlani, Bakif, all these major players that we loved in the first book. Memories is just kind of meh. Like, why'd you even do Memories? Honestly, in my opinion. But overall, I really did still enjoy this book. I would say the first one was better. But, yeah, I mean, it was a great book still. Yeah, gotcha. I'm at a 4.2. I think it was it was a decent book. I enjoyed the story. Um, I, you know, I think we went off in a lot of different directions. And, uh, which is very seemingly very, it's what second books tend to do. And then you tighten up in the third, uh, which is usually why the second book in most trilogies is never my favorite or the second of anything in most trilogies is not my favorite. Um, I usually tend to like the first of about anything a little bit better, but it was interesting. Except for Empire. Yeah. I mean, that is, (laughs) that is one of the exceptions to the rule and we could probably think of more, but at any rate, um. Yeah, I kind of want to see more Our Lonnie. Um, I I think I really enjoyed like Thrawn and Cheery's little adventure from the last book. I thought it was cool. Uh, but you know, and uh, I I didn't care about the Ag Bowie. Like I felt nothing for them. I just felt more annoyed that I continued to have to hear about these people without anybody mm-hmm. punching them in the face or constantly touching you. Uh, so that was annoying to me. Um, but you know, I I. I, I like I kind of like some of the stuff that's just going on in general. I just wish um and, and you know, one of my gripes I think from the last book is we don't really see through Thrawn's eyes. We see everybody else seeing Thrawn. Yeah. Um and I I would love for Timothy Zahn to actually write Thrawn. 
through Thrawn's eyes in a book, in, in this last book. I think we got a little bit more of that in memories in book one, and that's why I enjoyed them so much. Well, I mean, a kind of. Bit. Just a little kind bit. Kind of, but the, but the thing is, you still, in a lot of those memories, it was with Aralani. Yeah. And you saw Thrawn through Aralani's eyes, which, again, I think is probably the point of this series more so than anything, but just to have him thinking about some of these, some of these scenarios, because you do get to see more through Thrawn's eyes in the, in the first trilogy, canon trilogy. Um, but anyway, keeping that uh, out of it, I, I do get a little sick of the, the constant questioning of Thrawn. It's like, how, how long do you have to prove yourself in order for the myth to kind of, or not, uh, sorry, not the myth, but just the chiss to, to get over it? Um, but yeah, there's a lot of an intriguing little things in here, like Thurfian's rapid, uh, rapid sort of ascent. What is Starflash, this weapon? Yeah. Um, and how that come in, if it will even come into play at all. Are the Grisk going to get crazy? And ultimately, how and why do the Chiss make the decision to send Thrawn to lesser space? And was that actually more a part of the Grisk plan to isolate potentially their biggest adversary and... Potentially down the road, does this mean that the Chiss may or may not have been conquered by yeah. the Grisk before Thrawn comes back? Yeah. Because we, we had we had later on in the first series where Aralani and Eli Vanto, who who went to the Chiss homeworld, uh, sent by Thrawn, uh, we get a little bit of that that they're they're having some times here. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. It, it'll it'll be interesting to see the end of this particular trilogy, and it'll also be interesting to see when they finally write uh, the last season of Rebels and we find Thrawn. Yeah. <laughs> if that ever I, I happens, would, I wonder well, if they're you, just holding off until after Timothy's done with all of his Thrawn books. Like, okay, be. now you can have him back. <laughs> well, that that's actually the thing because we have to find him first before we can ever wrap up the Chiss story. Right. You can't wrap it up while he's still lost. Yeah. What if he, I mean, I would be interested if he just came back and like he, him and Ezra are just cutting up Gris left and right with, <laughs> you know, che- Cheery's got a blaster out there and Thales are blasting away and stuff, you know, close combat fighting on a planet like Avengers style. I don't think Thrawn's good with that kind of fighting though. I mean, he, well, he does. I mean, he, he beats up he robots in his with, free time. Yeah. He's fine. He'll, it, you know, it's it's fine. He'll he'll make a plan. Thrawn is now a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> He's become a Padawan. He's become Ezra's Padawan. That'd be fun. He, he would be the equivalent of all High Republic Jedi. <laughs> I mean, Thrawn, just like see the Force, man. Come on, just see it. You know, I was trained by like a Padawan who wasn't even like a Jedi, and I'm like kind of a Jedi, but like you know. Not really, who, because I have no ceremony. But here, let me on. let me teach you how to summon space whales. I call this move summon space whales. <laughs> you probably didn't like that the first time I did it, but this time won't be as no bad way. For Don't you. call more of those things. <laughs> we'll those, never know where we are. Those things were creepy. It was almost like an anime squid thing. I don't yeah, like it exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we should. Go ahead and wrap her up here. Uh, did enjoy Thrawn. That was a good, uh, good hearty discussion there. Long discussion. 
And I guess um, we don't have that long until we get to do it again. Yeah, which is it blows my mind. But uh, but yeah, next week back into um, Bad Batch, obviously, mm-hmm. and we'll be throwing in some comics and stuff. We'll have to decide yeah. on which one of those we we throw in for this. And then yeah, I mean, I we've got other other junk that we're gonna throw in here periodically. But yeah, Bad Batch is kind of the name of the game for the next uh, you know twelve weeks, basically. You know, <laughs> yeah. crazy how many episodes. Hopefully, they uh, get a little better. I don't. I don't want to get super negative. (laughs) I think they will. I think they will. So anyway, folks, I think that is it. Unless you, did you have anything else? Did I already ask you that? We're good. Okay, cool. So did you have anything else? Did I already ask you that? We're good. (laughs) We're good. All right. I thought you were going to say it again. No, I'm good. No, no oranges or bananas or however that knock knock joke goes. Anyway, folks, hopefully you have a great rest of your week. And as always, may the Force be with you.